Hello, friends. Welcome to episode number 44 of Millennial Gaming Speak. I am your host, Logan Moore, and with me this week is Maximilian Roberts. Episode 44. I don't speak Spanish too. Japanese. Coming in at you hot, fresh off the semester. So, the this is episode forty four. We've been doing this a while. We have been doing this a while. Over, I'm so excited. Over a year. This is that time of year. It's better than Christmas. I, it's I, great. I, I I bet I have such a sexy voice on our show this week because of my <sighs> microphone. Yes, Logan. Logan I, hijacked a microphone from work, and it's gorgeous looking from this end. It's very nice from this end. I very much like it. I'm going to sound better than Max for one of our episodes, finally. It's going to be cool. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can see my nice jury rig thing here. It's like I'm a professional radio host. I can move this thing yeah, it's around. Yeah, it's got the the shock absorber, like, like the suspension mount. It's yeah. got an XLR cable that plugs into a box. Oh, it's professional, dude. It's Oh, it's it, it looks professional and I can only see the microphone. I can't even see the stuff holding the microphone in place. The Yeah, that's true. It's really nice. Yeah, this microphone sits in a corner of uh one of the offices at my job all the time and I was like, "Hey, can I just take that home tomorrow?" And they're like, uh, "Yeah, I guess. Just bring it back the next day." So, now I'm recording with a really nice microphone and I'm probably going to blow money on a nice one like this soon because once you go this nice, you don't really want to go back to the snowball. It's hard to go back to crummy audio. And I, you know, that's for me going from anything and then now using the Yeti. I really do like my Yeti a lot. I, will, I think I sound. I will actually be interested to see how it does sound on this week's episode, though. Because I usually, I usually try to, to listen that. back to the MP3 and I want to hear um, a difference. I'm excited to hear that audio waveform. Look at it. Analyze it. It actually it looks down. like 10 times nicer than the snowball does normally. Um, nice. Max, what's been up? I know, I kind of know what's been up, and I kind of know. You kind of know because you about. and I have been doing what's up together. We've been yes. playing that there Overwatch. We have because you got it for your birthday, which was last week. Happy belated birthday, it was, Max! It was, yeah, it was, it was. What's today? Monday or Tuesday? Today's Tuesday. It was Sunday. It, it was, was Sunday. Ago. I thought it was like three days ago or four days ago. It was, it was Sunday. Uh, did you, didn't you get Overwatch like Friday? Is that when Sunday. you? Is that when you? Oh no. Oh. I guess I just forget it, forget everything. That's fine. But I got Overwatch for Xbox, and you and I actually played yesterday for a little bit. Yeah, that's like the first time we've actually really played a game together. And that wasn't in person. Time. Yeah, yeah. So that was nice. We I actually look forward to doing that much more. And if we finish Again. these episodes and it's not three o'clock in the morning, we should play a game. If it's three o'clock in the morning, I've missed my shift at work. So oh, hopefully, it's not three o'clock in the morning when this ends. Max, what's the, what's what's your real job? Podcasting or throwing chicken sandwiches into the kitchen? Well, this is to unload a truck, but what do you unload? I mean, one of these pays uh, all the chicken, like all the food. How much chicken is it? A lot? I don't know. Lots of chicken, man. Fills a freezer, a walk-in freezer full. I really want to go to Chick-fil-A soon. It sounds so good. You should go. Go find one. I know where one's at. It's just down the road. Go. Go go on a journey. Go there. All right. Well, this episode's over. I'm going on a Chick-fil-A journey. Hope you enjoyed Chick-fil-A episode live. 44. Periscope it. Periscope, Periscope your it. chicken adventures. So what do you think about Overwatch so far? I've had it for about a week. I keep liking it more and more and more the more I play. Um, getting really used to all the characters. I like how different they all feel, and I'm starting to use which char- learn which characters to use in certain situations. It's cool. The more you play it, the more I think you start getting hooked into it, strangely. Um, what's your early impressions after maybe 
what, five to ten matches? Yeah, around there. Excuse me. Um, you know, I've I played a few matches here and there. I've played... I'm, today, I tried to switch up characters. Like, I played Winston, the gorilla today. Oh, yeah. He's interesting. I liked him a lot. You did I like him, him a lot. He's one of oh, the people... Oh, He's really hard to play as, but... In the re- I was jumping around, slamming on people. Yeah, that's fun to do. It was really fun. You got to make sure you're in close or else you get screwed real quickly with him. You get walloped. His gun doesn't reach far. Anyway, like you said, I'm sorry. I drank tea and now, I'm, now it's not sitting Max's, well, which is Max's bad. Burping. Anyway, a whole bunch. each character does feel different and unique, and that's fun because while similar to Smash Brothers, the controls are the same, you know, this is a special attack, this is blah, 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 blah. It's the same way in Overwatch, but each character has different abilities and does different things, so they each feel unique. And I I feel like that's kind of taken from Smash Brothers in a way. A lot of people compare it to Team Fortress 2. I've never really played that game, so I can't make that analogy, but it does feel unique. The, also, the two game modes I can see getting boring after a while. Obviously, yeah. I'm very new to it. I'm still enjoying it a lot, but... Yeah, I think there's like I'm, three or four game modes, and then there's each side of it. So there's an there's always an attack and def- there's an attack and defend on some of them, and then there's they've got the payload one, they've got the control point one, and then they've got the defend the objective points. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think those are like the three main ones right now. My my biggest question I wanted to ask you specifically because you're such a big Battlefront fan. Both this and Battlefront are m- multiplayer only games. Um, primarily online multiplayer only games there's no campaign yeah i mean you know in battlefront you can do some single player training or missions you can play against the ai in overwatch why is overwatch being so well received not just critically because battlefront was received pretty well critically as far as like a good looking game it was fun and you know star wars but why is Overwatch being so like publicly accepted and embraced and loved with open arms but everyone's like Battlefront, where's our where's our campaign? This is a game's garbage. It has no modes. And, you know, Battlefront had a ton of modes. Yeah, yeah. I think part of it... Yeah, I've definitely thought the same thing because I do really love both games a lot for what they do. I think part of it is Battlefront was already... There was already two previous Battlefront games and each of them did have... So it's an established franchise. Yeah, it's, like an, it's kind of an established franchise. I mean, it was a relaunch. There hadn't been a game in 10 years so, like, but, you know, with that and the fact it's Star Wars, it's probably this yeah, known quantity thing yeah. and you're holding it to a higher bar. Yep, yep, but I mean, exactly Overwatch is. is a Blizzard game and people love Blizzard. Overwatch is a Blizzard, Blizzard game, but at the same time, like, it's the first thing Blizzard's ever done like this in a way. And it's also, it's it's new and people, again, people don't have expectations for it already. Like, people expect with That's fair. with Battlefront games, oh, there's going to be Galactic Conquest, there's going to be a single-player mode, there's going to be a versus mode, there's going to be all these things, like the old Battlefronts. And there wasn't. Well, it was Battlefront in spirit, which was Stormtroopers versus Rebels. It was a multiplayer game. That's what Battlefront's always kind of been, was the multiplayer Star Wars game. People expected it to have... People expected it to build off of Battlefront 2, which is a game from 2005. And so they expected, oh, this needs to have space battles. This needs to have prequel stuff. This needs to have it, this needs to have this laundry list of things, and then it needs to have more than that. So when people said it didn't have enough content, 
I completely disagreed with that because I thought, I mean, there was, again, I've said it a thousand times on the show. There's enough content in that game, and the game is fun enough to play it for hours and hours on end. Yes, I love that game, and I put 60, 70 hours into that game. I'll probably put more hours into it in a couple weeks when they come out with the new DLC. But, yeah, I just think people had expectations for it, and they said it was crappy because they expected it to be something else that it wasn't. And that's, that's, I mean, you can't expect something from a game that's, if it doesn't have, I mean, especially since from day one, DICE told you what the game was. They said this is multiplayer only, this has this, 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 and this, and then it's still released, and people complained that it didn't have X, Y, and Z when DICE upfront said it's not going to have X, Y, and Z. So I, I don't know. The, the, the Battlefront... The bar, the, the, so it was just that it's a known thing, and people expected more out of it, and it didn't deliver on those expectations. Yeah, Battlefront... Uh, yeah, I, I I didn't go in with many expectations for Battlefront. Like some people didn't. I had a really fun time with it. Like I liked it a lot. And I think yeah, I think expectations are what killed Battlefront for a lot of people. Um, the game still sold 14 million copies though, so I'm really ex- Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars ha- has that power. Yeah, especially when it's the first Star Wars game since LucasArts went o- under. So yeah, that was nice. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Overwatch is just really fun. That's I mean, it's, it's a the, blast to play. At the core of it, it's just really fun. And I think if people could have put aside their expectations with Battlefront, they would have found that it's a lot of fun too. I know it. I know it's not the tightest shooter ever, but it's got an arcadey feel to it, and I think that's why it's enjoyable. Overwatch again, fun is the number one most important thing when you're playing a video game, and I think Overwatch is it right, and I think Battlefront did it right. And Overwatch specifically is a lot of fun, and like like we've both talked about, it's a game where you play it. And then it kind of sticks with you after you've played it and you're thinking about it when you're away. Like, okay, maybe next time I'll try this combination. I'll try this character. I really want to try to get better with this character. Like, you texted me yesterday while you were at work and you're like, I'm at work. I'm really thinking about Overwatch right now, which is... Yeah, I'm breading, I'm breading the chicken and I'm thinking about, man, how could I have done, you know, how could I have defended that point better, escorted that payload more efficiently? What was I doing wrong, wrong positions? Like today in a match, maybe just to wrap it up... Um, I got loaded into a game, a game mid-game, uh, so some people left, and I was just filling in the spots. And I noticed they didn't have the tank, yeah, the tank character. So I picked Diva, who I like a lot, and it was a Hollywood map. And I went in there and got killed kind of soon, just kind of figuring out where everything is. But the second time, I took this elevator up to like this upper level, and I was above the payload, like directly above it, and I just annihilated everyone beneath me. Which, you know, you wouldn't think a tank is supposed to be up top, but it was just fun to do that and then drop down yeah. and it's boost all, into people. It's always it's really fun good, to get the drop on people in that game. Mm-hmm. Everything, it's fun. It's cool. It's unique. It's different. I'm curious how long I'll be invested. I'm curious how long the community will be invested. I think it's going to be... I don't think people are going to get sick of it just because... If you do play as one certain character for long enough and then you're like, okay, I'm tired of playing as this character... There's 20 others to choose from. There's 21 characters. They're only going to keep adding more. It's really hard to get sick of because you're constantly mixing up completely how you play the game. So, I mean, you can go from going on the assault and attacking people to being more of a defender like with Winston or something like that and protecting control points or to even being a healer. Like, there's just so many different ways to play and so many different things going on that it's really hard to get sick of because of that. And that's that's the same sort of thing I found with Team Fortress 2 back in the day when I used to play the ever-loving snot out of that game. There's so many different ways to play that you never really get bored of it because 
the second you get bored, you just switch characters and it's a little bit different of an experience. So you're constantly finding new ways to play and new things to change up the experience. And I think it's going to have long legs because of that. And I think it's going to be a game I come back to a bunch purely because of that. And it's worth noting that Blizzard is releasing all of the add-on content for free as it comes out this year. There's going to be new maps, new modes. Uh, I know they have competitive play with uh, ranked leaderboards coming soon. I think that's in July. Everything they add on to the game, which if you know Blizzard, you know they add on a lot of stuff as their game goes on. It's all going to be free. So there's no season pass, nothing like that. You're, if you buy the game, you're going to get everything the game turns into as it goes on, which is really awesome. It's Blizzard's really good to their fans in that sense. So I don't know. I, th- I, I think it's a, it's a great game. I'm really glad I bought it. I'm really glad that the community has rallied around it, and I really like the memes that this game has created. It's created some memes? It's, it's created a decent amount of memes. It, I also love the, all of the play of the game videos that have come out with like fake oh my gosh those are the best there's hundreds of those i got i fell into a hole of watching them the other day and it was really funny nice so yeah very nice overwatch very good very good game very, very good got your place so we're gonna get jump into notable you know, news I well think. I was going to say, I was, I was going to try and segue, and you were just like, let's do it. You're just, no, we, boom, let's just dive in. We got di- to dive in this week. So, Because, Logan, I don't know if you know this, but E3 is next week. E3 is next week. E3 is actually, E3's actually, actually five days away, technically. Yeah. Because it starts Sunday now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, actually, if we, if, we, if we could teleport a week into the future right now, we'd know everything. We know it all. It's true. All the press conferences will be over. We know all those juicy Zelda Wii U we details. Wouldn't, we wouldn't know anything else about the NX. So, yeah. Or would we? <laughs> no, we won't. And <laughs> we'll talk mm. about that. Let's say this up front. So if you're listening to episode 44, we have our prediction spectacular coming up immediately after this. So if you're watching us on YouTube, hi. Uh, we'll, we're going to be recording our next episode immediately after this. We're having a one-off episode, a not-numbered episode. So this is episode 44. How you doing? If you follow us, on, if you're subscribed on iTunes or you're on SoundCloud, any of that stuff, look right above this and you'll probably see another episode labeled E3 2016 Predictions Episode. So look mm-hmm. for that. We're going to break down all of the different press conferences, Microsoft, Sony, EA, Bethesda, Ubisoft, and a little bit of Nintendo in there. Um, oh, yeah, total Nintendo. Sort of. I don't really know. I don't know too much to I predict. Have the really. predictions. Um, so we're going to break all those down. If you want to hear what we're expecting to happen at E3, go listen to that episode. I'm sure it's going to be a great episode. I can, I, we'll I, see I, how right or wrong we I can see in the future year. it's going to be a great episode, and it'll, it'll, it'll live in our minds for generations to come. Um, but for, so this week, though, little on odd. Episode 44, on episode 44. On this, 40, what you're listening to yeah. or watching right now. Hello, if you can hear our voices right now, um, we got a bunch of news. That we didn't really expect. Uh, looks like it's like E3. We've been talking about this drought leading up to E3 yeah. as expected. And then today we, and yesterday, it just all the the oasis appeared. The, the water came out of the ground, and now it's filling up this desert. And by this time next week, it's going to be the ocean. It's going to be filled with all sorts of video game I was, nonsense. I was thinking of it like Christmas. You know when it's like the night before Christmas and you see all the presents under the tree and then your parents are like, okay, we'll let you open one. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I get a present early. It's kind of like, yeah, but, it's the, like but the present you opened is like those, those Russian dolls. Yeah, it, and you just keep opening them and there's just more and more news 
yeah. good or bad good that or, is just that's true. filling none of it's none of it's too big a bunch of it's like early leak stuff the stuff i mean it's hard it's a lot of leaks it's hard to keep and st- bad news yeah it's hard to keep stuff which hidden is expected today. it's hard hard to keep stuff hidden with today's internet culture so it just seems like a bunch of stuff's leaked out let's hop right into it max i have no idea what we've got on our dock but i'm just going to go down the list um, no, I got this doc all organized. I, I'm, I'm just staring over here at what I wrote on my paper. No. Um, in totally different order. Oh, uh, well, let's figure it out. Let me look at your doc. So, first thing, the... first, I'm just going to run down the whole list. We've got a, like, we've seriously got like 10 pieces of news here. We're going to go fast, but, though. Yeah, I have the short stuff that you just wanted to blur through. Yeah, and then the, stuff we've got we a bunch of small about. things that we're just going to blast through. First off, Final Fantasy 12 is getting a remaster on PS4. It's out later this year, I think. Kind of weird. Um, I don't double check. I don't know. This year. I, I don't think know. It was next? Is it next? I bottom line. I don't know why. Twenty seventeen. Yeah. I don't know what the point of that is, but cool. It's, I guess. I mean, they did. They, Final well, Fantasy they did 10. ten. They've done other remasters. You know, I think they're just they're trying to cash in on fifteen hype. Yeah, Makes sense. probably keep remastering games. Square Enix is good at that. Thank God this doesn't have a tedious name though. Like certain games that are getting a trailer yeah. tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. We'll Eastern Standard Time. That up in a cough, cough. Kingdom so, Hearts, yeah, cough. if you want to talk about that. Yeah, actually, is I think uh, actually I think E3 kind of starts tomorrow because isn't that Square Enix's whole E3, E3 uh, show is tomorrow morning? I think that's... I don't think so. I, th- I didn't even hear about this. I thought it was. Let me, let me double check. Um, anyway, I can talk about other stuff. Um, let me see here. What else is next? Um, Watch Dogs, speaking of, well, I was going to say Watch Dogs, speaking of tomorrow, I don't know where we've got that on the list, but speaking of tomorrow, a recent countdown showed up on a website counting down for Watch Dogs 2 reveal trailer and all that stuff. Uh, That comes out tomorrow morning, so that's a thing. Also, on top of that, though, there was an early ad leak, and it seems like we know the date that the game is releasing now. It looks like it's coming out November 15th of this year. We'll confirm all that stuff next week. Obviously, it looks like it's going to be The true, setting though. of the game is uh, San, San Francisco. Yeah, San Francisco. That's right, too. So a bunch, of the, a bunch of things we talked about. I think we talked about this earlier in the year when we heard that there was a possibility of these things happening. Um, it's been rumored, though, that it was going to be in San Francisco. It was going to come out later this year. They were going to reveal it at E3. All those things are right. So Watch Dogs 2 looks like it's coming in November. Watch The interesting thing about this Watch Dogs 2 thing, if they announce it, I mean, okay, not if they have confirmed it and they're announcing it tomorrow. If it does come out, in fact, this November, this is a complete opposite turnaround of Watch Dogs 1. Watch Dogs 1 had two to three years of hype leading up to it. The game went through different demos. uh, It even got a visual downgrade that really upset a lot of people in the community. Like That game dragged on as far as development and announcements and all that hype. This is the Fallout 4 thing, which you were talking with me about before the show. If they can stick to that release date, this is another like six-month turnaround for a game that could be received pretty well, especially considering there's no Assassin's Creed game this yeah. year. Everybody's hoping that this gets the Assassin's Creed 1 to Assassin's Creed 2 treatment. I've got my fingers crossed. I played through all of Watch Dogs. Looking back, I don't really like it. I honestly don't even really know why I stuck with it. Um, it was fine. Like I understood what it was trying to do, but they really need to. That game needs. That's to, how I felt at the end of every Assassin's Creed game. It needs to be. Why I play? It needs that. to be more fun, though. There was no like core element of gameplay that I thought was fun. Even like with the early Assassin's Creeds, though, I thought the free running and running across the roofs that was at least 
fun and it felt like I was doing something. There was no core gameplay mechanic in Watch Dogs that stuck out as like, oh, I'm really enjoying this. But you can hack everything. Oh my gosh, everything. The only cool part was that the game started off in like Wrigley Field. That ripoff of Wrigley Field during a Cubs game, it looked exactly like it, but they couldn't call it Wrigley. Um, Yeah, I I don't know. I'm interested to see what it has in it. I think it's going to be a lot better than the first one. I have have hope for it. I think it's going to be a lot better. I like the San Francisco setting. That sounds interesting to me. We'll see. The trailer comes out tomorrow. This is probably going to be... I don't know when we'll get back to talking about this on one of our next episodes. Um, We probably won't talk about it again. 45. Yeah, we'll probably talk about it on the next numbered episode because we've got, what, three or four episodes between now and our next numbered? Um, Yeah, because of, you know, we want our press conference breakdowns and uh, our predictions episode. So episode 45, you should hear something about... Watch Dogs 2 and that sort of stuff. Unless we do a specific show for Ubisoft. Ubisoft's the oddball this year. We don't know if we're doing a specific show. Yeah, you know. we'll fill you guys in on our plans later this episode. And we'll also fill you in on the E3 predictions episode we have coming up if you listen to that as well. So we've got, we're trying to get our schedule put together here and how we're going to record for next week. And we'll figure it out from there. Um, so yeah, the, the Watch Dogs trailer drops tomorrow. What else do we got? Um... XCOM 2. XCOM 2 is coming to consoles later this year. Simple as that. It was PC only at first. Got a ton of... It got rave reviews last year when it came out. Sequel to Enemy Unknown that came out of, uh, about three, four years ago. It's coming to console now. Nothing much more than that. Figured it just worth a mention because... September 17th. Yeah. So figure that was worth mentioning. Um, we've also got a leaked poster today for Injustice 2. If you follow Ed Boon on t- dun, dun, Twitter, dun, dun. the creator of Mortal Kombat and Injustice, you'll know that he has been teasing this for a while now. He changed his, he actually changed his uh, Twitter logo, or, yeah, his Twitter avatar to uh, to to the Roman numeral two. But he was kind of oh, teasing goodness. people, and he was like, "Is it the number two or is it number 11? Because the next Mortal Kombat would obviously Kombat be, would be 11. eleven, and then uh, and just that's actually two, that's be... smart, that's cool. So he I changed mean, it to be... that, and he's like, "But is it a two or is it eleven? Is it a two or is it eleven? So because obviously he knows that obviously he's telling people that what their, one of their new games is going to get announced soon. But he was having some fun with uh, people. A fighting game is coming. Yeah. So from the people that make Mortal Kombat. Yeah. So a poster leaked this morning showing Batman and Flash with the Injustice Two logo beneath it. Leaked early. Ed Boon actually commented on it on Twitter. He's like, "Is there any way to get this stuff off the internet?" Um, <laughs> so he's he's so that you know that's cool. That's I, I I remember playing Injustice when it was free on PlayStation Plus. It's I should have downloaded it's, it. That was so stupid of me. I don't know why I you missed out. Yeah. It, it's a it's a good. I mean, it was fun. I had fun with it's, it. I'm it's not. A fun game. I've, I'm never I've really into those 2D fighters, but, you know, I had fun with it. It's cool to see superheroes beating each other up. Yeah, for sure. Um, Clearly, based off movie trends this year. And speaking of DC, how how many copies did you pre-order of Batman vs. Superman Ultimate Director's Cut Edition? I pre-ordered... Because I have at least a million pre-ordered already. I pre-ordered already. five of them. I'm planning on burning three of them. Um, I'm probably going to throw one of them into a lake in my backyard, and then the other one I may just open the disc and then just wipe my butt with it and flush it down the toilet so that's intense uh yeah i don't know how wiping my butt with a disc is gonna work it would and how flushing it down the toilet would work we'll figure it out we'll make it work we'll make it work um yeah gosh that doesn't look good at all um 
What else we got? Uh, Dead Rising 4 kind of leaked. The, the, you were excited for this. I was leak. super excited for this because I love Dead Rising 3. I've played all the Dead Rising games at this point. One was good. One was fun, but it had an awful save system that really held the game back. And if you... I, just, I know it, that feeling. It had an, Mass Effect. <coughs> Mass Effect, you could save anywhere. Yeah, but... There's no checkpoints. Checkpoint system's atrocious. Okay, well, you don't know anything then because... Well, you you know nothing, Jon Snow. Because, no. I know plenty. I played the game. Well, I meant with Dead Rising. I'm saying you don't know what a oh, really okay. bad Got save it. system is. I was going to say, I know plenty about it. if you think that's a bad game. save system, then, oh boy, Dead Rising's like 40 times worse. What did you have to do in Dead Rising? You had to go to the bathroom and pee, and that's how you saved. And there was only, it was. But I'm sure there were very few bathrooms. There was like very scattered bathrooms throughout the game, and they were probably really far apart. Yep. And so if you died, which was a common thing, the other thing that sucked about the game was you had to keep on a stringent schedule. The game was actually like had a clock to it. It's like okay, so it's like Pikmin. You had to be like sort of, except way harder. You had to be like at this location at six p.m. Complete that mission there in a certain amount of time. As soon as you finish that, you got to be at the next location by this time. And if you miss any, that sounds awful. If you miss any of these at a certain time, you miss all of the subsequent uh, missions that come after it, and you fail the entire story. So Dead Rising one, brutal. it was a fun game to run around and play with. Really, really hard to ever see the story through. Uh, Dead Rising two got a little bit better, a little bit more forgiving with those things. Dead Rising three is still, uh, still kind of on the same one thing. launch game. Yeah, it was an Xbox One launch game. It was still like you had the schedule and stuff like that. Way more forgiving though. Way more easy to access everything. It was it, that that game was a lot of fun. The vehicle combat and it was great. Mm-hmm. Looks like Dead Rising 4 is coming now. I'm happy about that. I've, I'm really excited to see what they do next. Because um, Dead Rising 3, I actually bought day one with my Xbox. I wasn't planning on buying it, and then I just randomly picked it up the day I got my Xbox. It was a lot of fun. It was my favorite launch title that came out. I got it, I got it for Christmas. I played it a little bit. It's very impressive how many NPCs they have on screen at once. Yes, yeah, that's what's like, that really was cool. That was the, the tech thing. I was like, look at how many zombies we can put on the screen. Not that that conveys great quality or anything, but it's it's a fun game. It's good. Yeah. Um, uh, we so forgot. Dead, all we saw for that was like a poster leak. So I would expect that we're going to see that at Microsoft's press conference Microsoft's. next week. We'll probably learn more of it there. They probably won't say anything until then. We forgot one minor thing. That what is that, is fantastic. Max? Yacht Club Games showed off oh, Lordy. a like, three-second GIF of King Knight gameplay, and it looks glorious that's all you gotta that's all i gotta say it looks so so good and i'm really hoping over the course of the next week we get win- at least release windows for king Knight inspector where Knight would they because- show up and talk about that at though sony's no they just put it up online no, uh, no, no they no. would they just put it up they want to be at a they want to be at a press conference they would just like they'd put it out you know no, in makes, the flood of game sense. news yeah i because i can't i can't tell you how excited i am i'll replay it like, I'll get hyped for it by playing it on my Xbox, and then when the DLC comes out, back to my Vita, baby. <laughs> Ooh, that game is so good. Okay, so I'm going to cut our Mirror's Edge thing. Uh, well, Oh, I did already. Okay. We were going to talk about Mirror's Edge. The reviews weren't that hot. I was just going to ask Max if he thought another one in the series would come. I think we no. kind of just both thought that, no. If this one flopped, the first one flopped sales-wise. This one's flopping critically. I'm going to guess it's not going to sell much better. Probably not going to get You never know. I mean, 
I don't know. There, they, there are movies that are critically crap and then you make tons of money. Yeah, but I don't know. I heard it look was already... Get, look, get ready to look at Warcraft this weekend. I'm sure it will oh sell Game gosh. Busters. Yeah, we'll see. I heard, yeah, Mirror's Edge Catalyst, I heard, was already really hard for them to conv- convince EA to let them create. So I doubt we see another one of those. Um, what's next? Uh, let's talk about what happened this morning. Persona 5 randomly got a North American release date, which I wasn't expecting. Um <laughs> It did. So that comes out Valentine's on Day. Valentine's Day. So Max. 2017. Max. I already have it pre-ordered. You do. Are you going to hang out but, with well, Abby or are you going to play this game? Uh, I'll, uh, Tuesday. It depends on the schedule because sometimes we just <laughs> celebrate that stuff early. Yeah. But we, like what that's I did the, was. That's the smart thing to do with Valentine's. Celebrate early because. <laughs> well, the thing is with Persona 5 is. You know, I'm I'm playing Persona 4 right now. I actually need to dive back into it. Um, but I haven't beaten it yet. So I really don't know if Persona 5 is going to be a thing for me, like if I really want it. But I know the demand for it's high. And I know I love uh, Collector's Edition and specifically Steel Cases. So this morning I actually pre-ordered two copies of the game. Because there's the Collector's Edition, which I just snagged because I knew that would be high demand. But there's also like... This is their day one edition equivalent, but it's actually limited quantities, and it's just a steelbook edition. So all it is is the steelbook. Regular price of the game, 60 bucks, but it comes with the steelbook, which is nice looking. So it looks pretty. I'll pick, which, I'll pick if I want it, period, and then I'll pick which version I want. But it's not that expensive for the collector's edition. It comes with cool stuff. Um, the box art, did you see the box art for yeah, this game? Yeah, the box art's real pretty. I like it a lot. It's... It's hot. It catches some, your eye. It's one of those games some, where if you were a kid walking past all the games, looking at them on the store shelf, you'd be like, oh, this is standing out to me. What's this I put... Like? Where did I put... Wait, XCOM. I put the wrong link in the notes. Darn it. I want to look at that sexy box art again. Anyway, uh, Persona 5 box art looks good. So anyway, that's February 14th. I'm... I'm kind of surprised people thought it was coming stateside this year. Yeah, just because it a is. bunch of people thought they were going to come in Japan in September. A bunch of people thought they were going to try to contend with Final Fantasy twelve, which or fifteen, which would have been funny. Well, they are. They're a week early in Japan. Well, in Japan at least, but I mean, yeah, like worldwide, it would have been interesting to see them go toe to toe at the same time. I didn't want that though, because I, I I'm kind of I kind of feel the same way. I'm way more excited for Persona than I am Final Fantasy, but I want to give them both a shot. I don't know if I'll buy each of them. We'll have to see what else is coming out around the same time. But I yeah, like we th- gotta see what Final Fantasy does, man. I I might get it just for a Kingdom Hearts fix for Pete's sake. Oh, good lord! <laughs> no, it plays it, like it. It'll no, it'll be cool. I I really am. I found that box. Right, I'm interested so in it. You did. Yeah, I'm interested in both of them. I'll probably definitely pick up Persona, though, because I do like Persona 4, but I don't know. It's like it's not anything bad about it. I just can't get hooked with it for some reason. And I I, I feel like if I had it on a console, it would be something I was hooked into, though. I, I don't know. Something about well, it on... If you really want, buy a PS, buy a PS Vita TV yeah, super that's cheap. that's something I've thought about, but I don't know. Because, I, believe me, I thought about it, too, but since I don't really need to... I'm totally fine with it. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with it too. Bottom line, I'll probably end up giving both of them a shot, but I'm more excited for Persona, and I'm really glad it's actually coming next year. Uh, give, gives you space, man. Gives me space. February like February games, is that golden time too, it is. And especially for a JRPG, and especially especially for an action RPG like Horizon, which is coming out two weeks later. We found Ooh, out as well. Talk about them segways. Yeah, so we got a new trailer for. 
Horizon, Horizon, Horizon Zero, Zero Dawn last or yesterday. Yeah, yesterday it showed off a yes. little bit more of the game's story. Introduced. <gasps> we forgot this. something else. Is it Kingdom um, Hearts no. related? No, this is legitimate. Okay, we'll do it after this. Um, so we got a new trailer for Horizon yesterday. Showed off a little bit more of the game's story, like what the goal is and what the character showed off. I actually thought it showed off a lot. I, I thought that was an E3 trailer. I thought it that showed was like off quite three a and a half too. minutes. Yeah, it, it was. I think they're probably going to do show us more gameplay at E3 for that game. I'm going to be mad if they show the that trailer. trailer at E3. Maybe they'll show like a quick snippet version of it or something like that. I don't know. What was funny? That trailer reused footage. Yeah, it did. I noticed, I noticed that. I noticed that yep. too. I was like, oh my gosh, they really wanted to drag this. But out. they um, so they showed the came out with the new trailer and then at the very end, very quickly, I should note for like barely a second they showed the release date which is february 28th 2017 and then they cut from it and then so it it was kind of funny that it got a delay they posted it on the playstation blog and said hey it's got to get delayed we're sorry blah 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 blah. which i don't think this was we heard shinobi report on it a couple months ago that the game was delayed so it's this is something we've talked about and it's not something we're surprised about i i never expected this game to come out this year so i never really they had said it, it would though shuhei yoshida looked colin moriarty in the eyes and said horizon zero dawn 2016 that's welcome to welcome to video game business video games like, yeah, that's just how it, it is so even if they so sony's and he also exclusive said, he said that vanished again he said that to him in december as well so Maybe it wasn't getting Doesn't delayed matter. at that point. I don't Look, know. Looked him in the eye. In my mind, I, it was never coming out this year, though. Even if it, even if it would have, like, okay, the game. But yeah, even if the game would have come out later this year, that would have been great. Like, I would have been happy. But I was never expecting it to. That was always a delayed the one I game. For, a delayed game that gets more polish. I'm always a fan of. No. Always a fan of more polish and to make the games run better. No, you know, that Uncharted 4 got delayed, Last of Us got delayed. Those are my prime examples I go to for those things. They get the time they need. I think even Witcher was delayed, I think. Yeah. I, th- I could be wrong on that. W- Don't quote me on that. Yeah, I think it was originally a fall game, if I remember correctly. But, but I'm not sure. You know, it's... Darn it, I just blanked. The game itself from the trailer, very pretty looking. Looks dope. It looks fun. You know, I mean, it's, it's this bow and arrow thing, which everyone loves. It, it has an inch. The world seems interesting. That's a world I want to explore. And, you know, it's a PS4 exclusive. It's a third person game, which is different from what Gorilla's done in the past. Yeah. So I'm interested to see how they adapt from first person to third person. It's nice to see them mix it up, too. I always it like when it seems do very that. original, and I'm a sucker for dinosaurs. I'm a sucker for robots. I'm all about robot dinosaurs. Then, That's why I saw Transformers 4 oh, was because I was Lord. promised robot dinosaurs. And the, out of that two-and-a-half-hour, two-hour, 45-minute movie, they showed up in the last 20 minutes. I was robbed of my robot dinosaurs. This game has them everywhere. And now so we're getting I'm a all about fifth it. one and a sixth one. Oh, yeah. Come on, Michael Bay. Show us those explosions. Dude, Transformers 3 is one of the worst movies of all time. Like, Oh, I yeah. think it's oh, my gosh. least. I think Three it's. And four. I think it's one of my least favorite movies of all time. Like, I, that's I the see. only time I've ever been in a movie theater, and wishing I could leave. You can. You can get up and leave. I you did it. I to. didn't have. I, I didn't drive there. I think I went to go see uh, it with like my brother and my grandparents, and we all drove together. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to leave this theater. I hate this movie. Just go a really long bathroom break. Yeah, I think I, I did that. The, Transformers Four was the first movie in a long time where I checked my clock. 
Like I pulled out my phone. I was like, is this movie over yet? Yeah, it, those movies aren't good whatsoever. I I still remember the first one blowing my mind as a kid, though. I think we found a Transformer. Mark, I think we found a Transformer. Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, he's, Marky Mark. He sucks. Anyway. So there's that. And our. Uh, what was the new story one, you wanted to talk about? Oh, I just want to say one more thing about Horizon. They got the bad news out of the way. Because True. they're going to show off this new gameplay, potentially during the press conference, and all the other new stuff. Like you're gonna, for, you'll forget about this delay in the grand scheme of things. So it makes sense that they announced it now a week ahead of time. Just, it's just a smart move. Just don't threaten to kill anybody at Gorilla, please. Oh, please no. Please don't threaten please, to no. kill those nice people. Was that the other thing you wanted to input? I know you said nope. we forgot one thing. Go ahead. And we forgot one thing. Take it away. Ukulele trailer. Yes. Okay. So I was thinking that. Yeah, we did yep. get a new ukulele trailer. Gosh, it looks amazing. It looks so pretty. It, it looks, looks so good. It looks like our childhood transformed into the HD era. It sounds, it looks good. The only concern I had from watching this, and I'm not, obviously this game doesn't, the game doesn't come out until quarter one, 2017. But uh, the my biggest concern was these worlds look very big, which I'm fine with exploring big worlds. But they didn't look like they had a lot in them. It looked empty to explore i'm sure there's plenty of secrets but like the enemies were really far apart and collectibles seemed far apart like it just seemed like a very vast area that was very lacking as far as like substance in the space and i'm worried about that based off that trailer there's gonna be substance trust me um if it, oh, if it does, I, if it does follow the, so. if it does follow the, I want this game to succeed. If it follows the banjo formula, each of those worlds you saw will be a completely separate world, kind of like uh, Super Mario sixty four, and they'll each oh, have. Oh yeah, their, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel like that's what it'll be. But I mean, there are just parts where I'm looking. I'm like, man, that looks very. They'll it looks empty. I don't think they've shown off enemies or anything really. I think mainly they were trying to showcase the abilities that it looks like you're going to have with ukulele. Which I mean, looks straight out of banjo. Yeah, just with a bird. It's, I mean, with a lizard and a bat. Considering banjo is one of my favorite games ever, this is a dream come true. I am so excited for this game. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. It got kind of got delayed until quarter one. I don't know if you said that already, but I, I again, I never ex- did. They say 2016 because I never thought they, we had a release they, window. They did, so it kind of got delayed. But again, I never expected it to come out this year. That that was a game when you asked me asked me what games I was looking forward to in 2016. That wasn't even a game I would list. That's how sure I was that it wasn't coming out this year. So it's coming out quarter one 2017 now. So probably. Sometime between, probably right around February, yeah, probably, right when right, right when February. Persona comes out and Horizon, just get all of them. Yeah, probably around March or something. If I had to guess, I don't think it'll come in January. And February is starting to look pretty packed, so I think March or early April is probably a good bet for that game. It looks awesome though. I yep. am so excited for it. That is one of my most anticipated games now. See, because it was already good enough when we saw the original like beta footage that they had when they launched their Kickstarter. I was like, wow, this really looks a lot like Banjo. And then seeing that trailer yesterday, I was, I, I, it, it, sold. It, it looks exactly like Banjo. Exactly like Banjo. That's the thing. Everything about it is exactly Banjo Kazooie. It's a complete and utter ripoff. The music's a ripoff. I mean, the same guy did the music I mean, with Banjo. I want to use the word ripoff. It's the team that made it's those. It's the games. team that made the game. So, I mean, I say it's I say ri- that- I say ripoff in a loving way. Like it is Banjo. This is this is Banjo Kazooie with a lizard and a bat instead. That's all it is. That's 
That's all it is. This is Banjo-Kazooie 3. This is the game we've wanted for years, and we're finally getting Banjo it. Banjo-3, 3E. 3E3. 3E. I'm really excited. I, I can't wait to play this good. game. It looks so good, and you, I hope you give it a shot, too. I don't know how much it's going to be. Oh, 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 I'm totally on board with okay. this game. Oh, I, I, uh, 100%. Okay. When, as soon as that Kickstarter went live, I was like, yep, this is a game I want. You've, have you ever played Banjo? Uh, banjo, uh, a little Kazooie, uh, mostly Banjo Tooie. Oh, you've got rare actually, replay, don't you? I do. I haven't. De- I haven't dove back into those games. Uh, I play a little Kazooie um, on the, the Xbox One, but I haven't. De- I haven't dove back in yet. And those are games I really do want to go back and like play through all the way because um, I never owned them outright as a kid. But I played them at the neighbor's house all the time. I love Banjo Tooie. That world, that game is so much fun. I I love those games, and I love Donkey Kong 64, which is another rare game of that same style. That worlds and collectibles and one quick those games are one good, quick man. thing I saw in the ukulele trailer that really really made me excited because I didn't know if they were going to do it. You see ukulele transform at one point, and that made me yep. really excited. Mm-hmm. They're going to still do the transformations probably on a world by world thing, kind of like they did in Banjo Kazooie. Maybe they'll probably have a. I remember turning in a dinosaur. I remember turning in a dinosaur. I remember turning in. That's it. All I remember is a dinosaur. The best is when you turn into a pumpkin and get flushed down a toilet into poop land. That's in Banjo Kazooie one. So yeah, never got there. So it's like one of the later. Anyway, ones. so yeah, that looks awesome. One more. We have one more thing. One in more. News. One more thing of news, and we'll get through it quick. And there's not too much to say with it, I guess. But Telltale announced that the Batman game is coming this summer first episodes of that and the walking dead season three will be arriving this fall i don't think either of those were huge surprises batman was always slated for this summer i think so that was almost like confirmation more than anything but we really didn't know the status of the third season of the walking dead so that's cool that we're getting that later this year yeah i'm excited for that i i'm really interested to see if they stick with clementine or if they like she's more of a cameo character. Oh, they have to start as someone new. I think it's. I think it. I think they have to. But I mean, two had so many different endings, though. You really could have ended up in like. That's true, but you know they'll find a way to bring it back all together eventually because some of those episodes in it's like, wow, those are drastically different endings, and then you see how the next episode starts. Like, okay, you can see how yeah, they we'll would. But it. I'm very excited for that. My two biggest things with this in particular. Episode their final episode I think for Minecraft is coming out. I think it came out. It came out today. Which, by the way, I don't know if you heard this, but your Pee Wee Herman guy is a character. Yeah, I know Paul Rubens in it. Anyway, the Michonne game they just did the three episode miniseries. While I don't think it was like received as well as previous Walking Dead games, they it was the first time Telltale ever had a a strict deliberate schedule each game each episode came out one a month three months in a row and they stuck to it so i'm very curious if they're going to start introducing that formula here on out because batman is going to be the first new game they do since minecraft and michonne and um what was the other one they did after minecraft um like minecraft Border- and... no i don't think they've done anything since no, minecraft what they did was borderlands and game of thrones they did the borderlands and game of thrones and then, and then it was minecraft, minecraft and then they did michonne and now everything that comes out afterwards is supposedly going to be a new system 
So that's my second or thing. Our new engine. So. Batman needs to introduce the new engine. If Batman does not have the new engine, that makes me very concerned for Walking Dead season yeah. three's engine. This, I should not have issues playing on my PS4. I did you have issues playing Tales from the Borderlands on your Xbox One? Did you have technical glitches and hiccups every now and then? But they were there. Yeah, they should. Yeah, they be were there. there. They were prevalent on Game of Thrones as well. Oh my gosh! I like this. Bat. I hope Batman introduces the new engine. I really do. Yeah, I love the idea of this because the thing I'm excited most about Batman is you're making decisions both as Bruce and Batman. That's what I'm excited about too. I, I'm actually more excited for like, the Bruce parts than I am the Batman part. And that sounds like Tales from the Borderlands, the dual protagonist thing. The catch is you're the same person. You're just two different figures. So I think that. I think it can be really strong narratively. I just hope it performs well. And I really shouldn't be worrying about a game's performance, especially one as simple as far as mechanics go as a Telltale game. Yeah, I, so I beat Tales from the Borderlands the other day, and I told you that I like Telltale games, but I'm also kind of getting sick of them at this point. And Tales from the Borderlands was the one... I liked it, but I I need a change here. I need I need a change in something because it's become too formulaic. I'm so I'm so surprised because Tales from the Borderlands is that thing that's different. It's bright. It's colorful. It has more action. Guess, sure, it's the same gameplay. It's yeah, like, that's you know, that's what I'm left, saying. Swipe right. Aesthetically, it's different, but I need something different. It's gameplay funny. wise it's... and like I I, I, yeah, don't, I don't know. I, I know they're going to be the same games. I know this is their model, and if you're not on board with it, then you don't like the games. But I, I don't know. I just found myself kind of like not grinding through it because I was really enjoying my time with it, but I need a change in something. And so if I can even see some subtle differences with the engine, then that would be nice because it really has been the exact same gameplay and the exact same engine since walking dead oh. season one which i played in 2011 or, or not 11 maybe 12 so it's been like i, know, I think but it they was put like, out so many games it's been like too. four years it's, it's four or five years it's a long time but the you know i hope i really do hope batman's a new engine game um and i do i'm curious to see if they say new episode each month because they did that with Michonne on a very be, small be, scale with three episodes. Smart. It would especially be smart if they did if they released all the Batman stuff somehow. Like, let's say Batman comes out at the end of this month, surprisingly. I, I don't even think that's a surprise, because they drop those out of nowhere. Let's say Batman starts around the end of this month. It would be nice to see, like, June, July, August, September, October, and then Walking Dead starts in October as soon as Batman ends or something like that. Because I hate... That would be... They keep them coming. Yeah, I, I mean, hate I hate Hit when Man, they overlap Hitman with each can other. put out a new level, which is a completely new map world targets environment sure hitman has its own technical problems but that's that's a whole different beast if they can put out really big and robust new episodes each month telltale especially for all the properties they have can put out something new each you know each month i think especially if it's in the same storyline we'll see i'm i'm excited you know i'm excited for yeah it. i'm sure this is something we'll really talk cool. about they again marvel yeah, I forgot they got Marvel the Marvel coming. one. Yeah, I'm sure this is something we'll talk about again in a couple weeks. Because I assume if... How are you going to play them? So if Batman comes out, are you going to do episode by episode? Or are you going to wait till they all come out? Um, I'm on the fence. usually do them when they come out. We usually do it episode by episode when they come out. I don't wait till the end. I used to do um, that. I did that with Walking Dead seasons one and two. And I did it with Wolf Among Us. And then for Game of Thrones and 
Borderlands, I waited. I think I'm going to go back to the episode-by-episode episode format, though, because I there's like a little bit more two... anticipation with it. It depends on two things, and really mostly one. It depends if I get it for work, because I did Tales from Borderlands for work, so that was episode-by-episode. Episode. Um, if I don't get it for work, these are the games I play with my girlfriend, and she likes Batman, so I'm sure up, she'd Abby? be interested in this game. Yeah, I, I, th- I think... I don't know. I'm, I'm, so, more than anything, I'm interested to see the design style of Batman in the games. I like, heard it was going to... Isn't it going to be black and white? Possibly. That would be so cool. Possibly. Stylish. It'd yeah, like, I'm interested it'd be to like see the what wolf, he looks like. It'd be like the Wolf Among Us and Tales from the Borderlands as far as like action and dual protagonists. They can't do the Joker. They can't... I don't want to see the Joker. Please do something else. Please. Like, I, I, and I, the Joker's the best villain in, like, all of comic books. But I want to see a different take. Because we've got the Arkham games, which have fantastic Joker stories. I'd no, like to... Arkham Knight. Arkham Knight is the best Joker story in... Arkham Knight? Agent. Oh, yeah. I love that story. With the Joker? Yeah. Huh, I like... Oh. He's... It's so good. Oh, okay. I was, well, I don't even think of him very much when I think back on that game. It's all right. Um... Yeah, I, oh, he's like the star. Yeah, I guess. Kind anyway, of. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about that more in the next coming weeks, especially because I probably will jump on Batman when it comes out, and I expect it to be out within the next You're three or Batman four weeks. Fan. I like my Batman. So, so that's our that's, that's our that's unexpected that's notable three, news. Yeah, yeah, that's the pre three just dump. Just here, take our news. This is the small stuff. This is the the small, the bad, and the leaks. Yeah, all before E3. Yeah, so we thought this week was going to be way more sparse because we didn't think anything like this would come out a week ahead of E3, but we were wrong, so there's all that. Um, next, what we originally planned to do was just our entire episode centered around our top 10 favorite games week two. Um, yeah. We'll be doing that in just a moment. And until then, let's do a little song. everybody, welcome back to episode 44 of Millennial Gaming Speak. I am your host, Logan Moore, and Max Roberts is back from the potty. I did go to the bathroom during our break. That is uh, the something I try to take care of. He tries to take care of his bladder like a, like a good old dude. So, like, like a normal human being. Like a normal human. So, week two of Dose, our favorite games of all time segment. Max, this week... We are covering the Nintendo 64, the PlayStation near, 1, the Dreamcast, the Game Boy, and the Game Boy Color. Near and dear to my heart. This this is what I grew up on. This is what we both grew up on. This, While this Remember how I said last week was so hard for me? Yep. This week, after we recorded that episode, I wrote this entire list of about 15 games. Granted, I shortened it down to our 10. But I wrote out about 15 games in five minutes. Do you still like, have all 15? Do you have honorable mentions or anything by chance on your list? 
Uh, I don't. I scrapped. I scrapped everything. You I did? did not put okay. I've got mentions. my. I've got mine on my list that I've got as honorable mentions. Oh, there. you know, I do. I can. I can give you one right now. If you want? Yeah. We'll. Do, okay. So let's fill the people in. If you're not familiar with That's what we've been doing here, call. we've decided to do a six-week segment starting last week on episode forty-three. So if you didn't listen to that one, go back and skip about halfway through the episode, and then get to our topic segment, and you'll find where we talk about our top ten favorite game, old-school games last week. This week is week two where we're breaking down our top ten favorite games from the N64, PS1, Game Boy Color, and Dreamcast combined. It's not top ten on each system. It's top ten from all of those consoles together. It's just that generation. That, what games That console generation is what we're calling it. So, this is again, I said this last week. These aren't what we think are the best games. This is what is our favorites, personally. Even though I think some of mine this week can also... I'll, can also be considered the best. I'll tell you this. I my list I moved around based off impact personal favorites and things. Like I made some sacrifices because I thought some other things stood out as a little more important. Yeah, I did. Th- I but, did the same thing. You know, so this is our second week of this. It's our top ten. What else? Am I missing anything? Um, miss I don't anything? think so. So this is week two. Again, I said week six. Next week we are going to be doing. I'll cover. I'll cover. Be... I'll cover that at the end. Next week's going to be okay. GameCube, Xbox, PS2, blah, blah, blah. and uh, Game Boy Advance, GBA, if I'm and PSP, right. PSP as well. Did we do that? No, no. Wait, PSP will PSP, be the next. PS3. PSP will be okay. the Never next mind. week. I'm done with DS. So, anyway, without further further ado, um, do you want to let's let's start with if you've got any honorable mentions, let's get those out of the way. Let's give credit to you everything. Ready? Let's Here give we credit go. to the stuff that just missed the cut. You ready? Yeah, you, just you can is, you can this list is in honor of your Barney you can, mentioned last week. You can list all of these off, but if you've got multiple ones, you can list them all off in a row if you want. I just have one that popped in my head just now. I own it. I'm proud of it. Elmo's Number Journey. Nope, I saw that at a garage sale though. Okay. Uh, no, this is a great game. It's called Superman sixty four. Mm, a game I bought myself. It's a gem. It's a real great gem. It's a pile of crap. Uh, it was no. fun to do the training mode, and there was, like, those two guys in a car, and you could pick up the car and chuck it at one of the guys and then use the frost breath on the other guy, and then that was about as um, fun as the game got. In all, in all seriousness, some honorable mentions, uh, Pokemon Stadium on the N64 really does mean a lot to me. Uh, that game is so special. The announcer, the gameplay, the GBA cartridge, it's great. I love it. Fantastic game. Didn't make the cut. Um Just just missed it just barely the only you know i think pod racing the pod racing game that's a good call play that? that's a good call yeah i had that game i didn't i didn't uh that game didn't make my top 10 or my honorable mentions uh but i definitely like that game back in the day it's really good mm-hmm. solid racer and um that's that's where i'll leave it i you know i don't have too much more to say um let's go through my honorable mentions some, Super some Mario of, Land 2, 6 golden coins. Some of, <clears throat> some of these might surprise you, Max. Um, Got to give a shout-out to Rampage 2. Awesome game. Love playing that game with my brother. Just big old dumb monsters beating up buildings. This one's gonna... Oh, that game. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yep. Yes. That game ruled. Me and my brother played that all the time. I, th- I still think that's maybe my brother's favorite game ever. Um, Going to give a shout-out to Resident Evil, the original Resident Evil. Um, never never played a Resident I never Evil played game. the original on PlayStation, but I did play the remaster on GameCube. 
uh, and that was really fun. So I like that game a lot. Um, Rayman 2, shout out to Rayman 2. Fun little platformer game that I played when I was a kid. Found it, and it's, it's fun. I mean, that, that kind of got me into Rayman. So when they came out with the side-scrolling platformers a couple years later, it was a little bit weird. I was like, I'm not used to this. I'm used to this being a 3D platformer. Uh, shout out mm-hmm. to Donkey Kong 64. That did not make my cut, but again, another rare gem that I greatly enjoyed when I was a kid. Max is frowning. I'm sure it's on his list. Um, I, and by rare gem, you mean from from rare developer the company, rare, company. not a yeah. literal rare gem. I, I guess it's both. Um, well, not really, because everything Rare put out back in the day was awesome, so it wasn't that rare of them to make a good game. No, I, I definitely think Donkey Kong 64 is fun, but it's probably one of Rare's worst games from that era. And it's, that's only because they really made so heavy many collect Yeah. So... You can't, like, you cannot advance without collecting everything. Yeah. And... Br- it's rough. Brian, it's a rough Brian, if you're listening, please don't murder me in the middle of the night because I know that's your favorite. Um, shout out to Jet Force Gemini, another rare game that I really enjoyed. That game always scared the living poop out of me when I was a kid. For some reason, I don't know why, but I love playing it. You're little spaceman, space lady, and a space dog, and you're killing ants that are taking over a koala's homeworld. That was like one of the first third-person shooters I ever played, and it was really fun and I enjoyed it, but, man, it scared me when I was a kid. I was, like, 60 years old running around shooting everything up. Uh, it's a really fun game. I like it a lot. Played it, went back and played it a little bit on Rare Replay. doesn't really hold up, but it was fun back in the day. Um, these next two I know are going to take Max back. Uh, Star Fox 64. Shout out to Star Fox 64. Didn't crack my top ten. I think it's a pretty straightforward game. I liked playing it back in the day, but... Um, I don't know. It's fine. It's fun. I've never been the hugest Star Fox fan, but 64 is definitely the best in the series, but still couldn't crack my top 10. Um, And then finally, shout out to Pokemon Yellow. First Pokemon I ever played. Um, Interesting. It's definitely one of my favorites, but it didn't make the list for one reason or another, which we may find out why later on. Hint, Mm. hint, hint. Huh, um, I think I know the answer then. Yeah. So we'll. Uh, I one more popped in my head. What is very quick? Was that uh, gold? Goldeneye. Goldeneye on the N sixty four. It, you know, four player local co op. I, I never owned it, but I played it at a friends' house all the time. There's just something you know you cherish about that split screen multiplayer. So it's one of those great games. It's a fun game. All right. Uh, you want to dive into our list? Sure. Our so 10. now here goes our actual top 10 list. We will go back and forth like we're playing tennis or pong or whatever your preferred game of balls Table going back tennis. and forth. Ping pong. Well, we're going to be starting from 10 and working our way down to one each. Max, um, you want to start? I imagine there's going to be some crossover. Yeah, I, I for sure, except for one game that you should be ashamed that you haven't played, but we'll get to that later. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I can start this week since you started last Did week. Did I start last week? All right. Well, the floor is yours. What is number 10? Number 10 is Star Fox 64. Okay. So it barely, barely cracked it Okay. Barely so, so, me, me. so me saying it was an honorable mention wasn't the worst thing ever. Mm-mm, no. It, um, Star Fox 64, I bought at a garage sale. or My dad really bought it at a garage sale. A neighbor across the street was selling a bunch of N64 stuff. I got gems like Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1, Solid uh, Donkey Kong 64, Star Fox, 
and uh, I got the Game Boy adapter, like the Game Boy cartridge adapter. I think I even got oh, Pokemon yeah. Stadium. Did you get the Rumble way. pack? No, I bought Stadium later. Uh, yep, I have a Rumble pack. Okay. I have a memory card. Like I had, it was a really good haul. But Star Fox sixty four wouldn't have been on my top ten list if it wasn't for a different neighbor that told me, "Hey, all those planets on the top half of the screen, you can go there. <laughs> Just do this." And he opened up this whole new world to me, and it just, as a kid, it was so cool that there was this other half of the map I could explore by doing certain things. Yeah, in levels like save Falco. I didn't. Example. I didn't learn, uh, like on this point, I didn't learn any that you could do certain things like that until probably five or six years ago. For the longest time, yeah, like it just... for the longest time, the game starts off and it looks like there's a path to go left and a path to go right. I went right every time I played that game. I don't know why. Yeah. I could never get Falco, and I did say Falco, and I did do the requirements to get Falco. You have Falco to fly to... through the rings, all five yeah, of them. Yeah, I did. I, 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 I played that game so much. I learned how to f- say Falco. Falco never died. I know I had to have done that at some point, and it didn't trigger. You must have. You Something must have been wrong. Well, we even somewhere. went back and played it at one point a couple years ago. And my friend's like, yeah, you didn't know you could do this. And we had to do the level like two or three times before it finally worked. He's like, I know we did it right. I don't know why it's not working. So huh. I don't know, but I never knew that you could fly through that waterfall and com- fight a completely different boss until a couple years ago. So it's, that opened up a new world for me that's, too. That's why because it, you know, it really was cool to me as a kid. I think it's a really great on-rail shooter. I think it's cool to have a submarine, a ship, and a tank. And um, it was just really fun. It's that high score type of thing. So that's why it was on, it's number 10 on my list. Really like that Star Wolf level. That Star Wolf level is a lot of fun. It's good stuff, man. It's I never stuff. beat the game. My brother beat the game at one point, though. But I could never get past. I think the level I always got stuck on was when Slippy falls out of the sky, and then you're like, I got to go save him. And then you get in the Landmaster. I always, I always died there. I don't know why I always died there. So, Loser. Yeah, I suck. Anyway. My number 10 is a game I guarantee you you've never heard of. But I guarantee it. It's Ken Griffey Jr.'s Slugfest. Nope. Uh, the only baseball game I've ever played was uh, Backyard Baseball with Pablo Sanchez. That actually could have gone on this list now that I could think it? about it. I only played it on PC. I so. mean, I guess it's from that era. Sort of. Eventually, we will have to combine PC games from certain eras. I know, like, I'm not. Like that, that's that's down the road. But Windows XP pinball, yeah, Does that count. Yeah. Um, Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs> Slugfest. First off, Ken Griffey Jr. is one of the greatest baseball players of all time, and he should own the he should own the home run record if not for getting injured. He's the best pure player I've ever seen. He's my favorite player of all time. Ken Griffey Jr. But he made a pretty good game too. His game's pretty awesome. Uh, first, you mean licensing his yeah, name was, was pretty awesome. Same thing. I wait. I thought John Madden made the football games. I thought. I thought they all. Designed he sat down at the computer, slapped the keyboard, and out came Madden <laughs> yeah. every year. He's like roster update, roster update, roster update. Yeah, so, yeah, that's pretty accurate. Um, anyway, yeah, it's Kenny Griffey Jr. Slugfest, awesome game. Loved it. It was uh, pretty much the first baseball game I ever played. I really learned a lot about baseball through that game. That's I think that's partially why I put this on the list is because I liked watching baseball when I was a kid, but I didn't learn certain things like 
I don't know how a double play worked or like the difference between the positions and things like that. Like it was a fun game that I really enjoyed playing and was really accessible to kids my age when I did play it. Um, and it was also a great learning tool for me to learn to appreciate baseball and to learn to like the sport. Of course I still played like baseball back then when I was a kid. So I kind of knew how to play it, but, um, yeah, it was just a really fun game. I really, I remember playing it with my dad a lot. We would always sit down and play that dumb game, and I would always – I I don't know. I remember – I know a bunch of old players or, like, late 90s players because of that game. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. It was just I, – I feel I, – I play a decent amount of sports games, and I – when I felt compelled to put at least one sports game on this list because I know I've played a decent amount of them back then, and that was the one I chose. Sports ball? Yeah, the sports ball. Um, and if mm-hmm. anybody knows me, they know I love baseball with – all of my heart and soul and yeah so i felt compelled to put that one on here ahead of some of the others i mentioned earlier so that's my number 10 max what's your number nine number nine tetris for the game boy interesting choice i mean tetris has been around for a very long time uh but tetris for the game boy really made the game boy the success it was initially like that got it in the hands of people this was a mobile gaming, you know, before the cell phone in your pocket. Uh, everyone was playing Tetris. Everyone had it on this Game Boy, and they just loved that game. And another reason a little more personal is is my grandmother had a Game Boy, and she was the one that introduced me to Mario and Zelda through games on that system, but she always had Tetris. And uh, I actually I have her Game Boy now with her copy of Tetris. And cool. so it's like that's... You know, that's just a little, like, a personal piece that's of history That's like your for connection me, to your grandma in a weird way or something like that. Yeah, the Game Boy really is the one connection I have to her. That's cool. And, you know, Tetris is a big deal, and this is really where it took off, where it skyrocketed. And it's it's important in that way. And I think it's a very cool game to play on your Game Boy, too. Yeah, Great I, music. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think that's where Tetris really found itself was on the Game Boy. And, uh, yeah, it's funny you mentioned that whole kind of story. One of my friends has got his mom's old Game Boy, and he's got Tetris on it, and he still plays that pretty often. She's Everyone not, had Tetris. She's yeah. not dead or anything, but so it's not like... Well, my grandmother's not dead yet. Oh, no, she's either, not? But... I thought it, I thought she was, so, okay. Mm, no, but she is sick, so... Oh, well, get re- well, Grandma. Um, yeah, that's cool, though. That's definitely one of the, like the big Game Boy games from that era. So it's a good decision, Max. You're number nine. Number nine for me. A nine, mighty number nine. This Apparently is, a, is real, by the way. I saw a picture of Colin holding it. Um, so my number nine is a game that I don't know would have been on my list until probably a year or two ago. But <gasps> it's Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. Is on number Ooh. number nine on my list. Barely cracked it. So for the longest time when I initially got this game, I didn't it was so different from Ocarina of Time and I was a I was a kid, like I I was I was fine with video games when I was a kid, but like still certain mechanics kind of trip you out from time to time. And uh this was one of the games that really I, I see your three DS Max. I'm just for the viewers so they know. I don't know if they saw it because I think the whole thing was on me. But you can show them in a moment if you would like. Um, Majora. 
There it is. If you want to see that blur. Okay, sorry. Um, sorry. No, it was just it was one of those games. It it was it was way different from Ocarina of Time, and it threw me off because of that. And I vastly different. I didn't like it because of that for the longest time. Um, I had played through it for a while. It was a game I never beat until the new 3DS uh, release came out, and I found a way to enjoy it way more then. Um, But even when I was a kid and I had a game, had the game, it was one of those games that. As time went on, I learned how the mechanics worked, and I kind of grew up with it, and I learned how it was... I learned what it wanted me to do, and eventually I got pretty far in it. I think I got to, like, the third or fourth... I think I, I got to, like, the fourth temple, the desert... Whatever. I've I, never, I forget I've what never gotten to a temple in that game. I have it on 3DS, and I played up to the first foresty area, swamp, forest yeah, area. Yeah, the swamp. Uh, I saved some old lady from some monkeys, yeah, and that's kind of where I stopped playing saved that game. The witch lady, yeah, it's it's definitely a game that I grew more fond of as the years went on. But it was so jarring to me at first because it wasn't Ocarina of Time, and I thought in my head, oh, this is just gonna be the exact same game for some reason. Because I mean, you're a kid, you don't know how that stuff works, and you don't really back then gameplay trailers and stuff wasn't too prevalent. So you just, you just bought the game because it had Zelda plastered on it. And yeah, so it threw me off for the longest time, but looking back at it now, the tone of that game and the themes of death and destruction and despair is so, are so prevalent in it. And they're probably some of the more, it's probably the Zelda that touches on real issues the most. And it has this... It's really dark. It's a very dark game, but it's the I, it's darkest Zelda game. Yeah, I, I like it because that of that. And I think it's that, and then Twilight, correct? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, and then Link's Awakening. You probably throw in there. I don't know. I haven't played Link's Awakening. Well, I played it on Link's and off. Wa- when I was Link's a kid. Awakening is pretty messed up, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I did play Link's Awakening a little bit when I was a kid. But yeah, I, I just I like the themes of this game a lot, and I like the people you can interact with, and I like how I like the cycle of the three days, and I like how many things you different things you can do over that span, and it's just really really unique because of that. And I'm really glad they released it again on 3ds because I really found my love for it like on that system. Uh, like I said, I started playing it a little bit more as the years went on when I had it on my N64, but um yeah it was just it's a great game i really love it i'm glad to have reconnected with it somewhat recently so that's good yeah yeah what's your number eight number eight mario kart 64 mario karts are awesome this uh kind of in the same vein as i mentioned with goldeneye being an honorable mention this was that four-player split-screen racing it's zany you know with the items and the action so many close calls you know, learning the shortcuts of the tracks, playing it with friends, playing it with my dad. These are, these are just memories in this game just sticks out in my mind. I still love Mario Kart 64 very much to this day. I play it when I, whenever I can, and usually the Mario Kart 64 tracks are my favorite retro tracks that they put in the new games, like Mario Kart 8 or Mario Kart 7. Like, those are the tracks I look forward to, uh, even more so than some from Double Dash. Mario Kart 64 is just a very special kind of game it really i think took the mario kart formula from the super nintendo and made it the mega franchise it is today you know mario kart on the super nintendo was was a good game but mario kart 64 is the one kind of you mentioned earlier in the show the assassin's creed 1 and assassin's creed 2 but kind of effect where the sequel was just 
so much better in every single way, and it's had a lasting impact. I mean, Mario Kart's Mario. If you think Kart about it. I flew. Game. I flew across the country to New York City for the launch of Mario Kart Eight, and without Mario Kart sixty four, I would never have done that. When did you do that? When Mario I mean, Kart obviously 8. when it came out, and, but yeah, you went yeah, there specifically for that, or you just happened to be like in the area. I went there for that. I went with my friend really? Landon and his uh, mom. There, her sister, so Landon's aunt, lives just outside of New York City, and all three of us had never been before. This game was coming out. Where we kind of like fused it. We're like, let's do this. So we went up for that launch. We were there at midnight. We we're waiting around the block there in Rockefeller Center, and got our game. It was great. That's cool. It's yeah, one of the coolest things ever. But Mario Kart uh, 64 is my number seven. It's a great choice. Or wait, ten, nine, no, eight. I'm sorry, I can't count. That's a that's a very good choice. We may talk about it again later, a little bit for a moment. What? Dun, dun, dun. Uh, what is your number eight? Number eight is a game that you mentioned, but made my list. Um, Pokemon Stadium. I had to Ooh. put it in there. I poured so many hours into this game. Part of the reason I put it on, on here was because it's the first game I ever remember saving my own money up for. Because Ooh. I knew that this game was coming out so far in advance because I was such a freaking pokeholic at the time that I knew it was coming out and I used to get an allowance of like five bucks a week and my dad's like, you save up your money long enough, you can get this game. I was like, well, when's this game come out? And he's like, like four months from now. I'm like... Uh, okay, I'll save all my money for it. And so I just, I saved for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And then it finally came out and it was so satisfying. It was so, so satisfying. Isn't it? Yeah. It's such a good game. It's, it's really so much fun. fun with it. It's so simple, but like the things I loved about it were the fact that you could play your Pokemon games on the screen or at least yellow, red, and blue. You could play mm-hmm. them. Because, if you had the Game Boy Player. Had, yeah, which, which, they all, came... which came with it. So mm-hmm. I bought it at retail, so I got that. And then uh, I like fighting all the gym leaders in the Elite Four. I like the – I like, they had a great versus mode. You could put together any teams you wanted. I love how it just was like, pick any Pokemon, and you could do that. Um, Anyone except Mewtwo and Mew. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was just – it was Those really games cool. are great, man. My, Shout my, out uh, to the mini games on it too, which are ooh. incredible, and was part of the reason why I wasn't going to put it on my list. And then I remembered the mini games. I'm like, okay, this is going on my list. Clefairy, Clefairy, Clefairy. The, the lickitungs licking up all the sushi and, and the magic carps jumping in the air. Yeah, those the ratatas running. Yeah, across the sand trees, digging down. Yep. Actually, Abby and I played that uh, maybe a month or so ago. The mini games exclusively on it. And they're awesome. Uh, she still has she has a, a copy with the box and everything. I mean, it's not sealed or anything, but she still does have the box and all the parts to it. So yeah, it's a great game. It really is. I I thought about putting either this or Pokemon Stadium Two on it, but this was the one I never that's, played two. It was fun. It was good. It came out I think closer to the tail end of the N sixty four light. Well, I just I've always wondered uh, why we never remember. got another. I mean, there have been the console Pokemon games usually are in that formula. But like nothing never seems to have lived up to Stadium for me as far as the console games. Yeah. Like all I want to do is do exactly what I did in Stadium. Just yeah, for sure. It's just it's so good. Yeah, they came out with Coliseum and stuff like that, but that was totally different. I didn't like Coliseum. That was or still... what was it? Battle Revolution was yeah, on the Wii or something. Yeah, they came out with a couple different ones that I just didn't care for. Um, yeah. But yeah, Pokemon Stadium, awesome. Just really. Cl- 
sentimental to me and just I will remember that game because it was like the first game where I was like this is mine I have purchased this item and I it mm-hmm. belongs to me so it's 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 a really fun game it's just yeah it's fun and that's why I remember and that's why it sticks out to me and I played hours of it when I was a kid so number seven for you Max Donkey Kong 64 Donkey Kong 64 Brian won't kill you now. Or maybe he will. Maybe he wouldn't be. He would only be happy if we each had it at number one. So, yeah, We'll see how it goes. But Donkey Kong 64, it was another one of those games from that garage sale pickup. Came with the player's guide. I still, I think the yellow cartridge is one of the coolest. You know, they did so many cool things with the N64 as far as cartridge color. Ocarina of Time had, if you pre-ordered it or something, you got the gold copy. Majora's Mask, all were gold. Um... It's really cool. I mean, Donkey Kong 64 had all these explorable worlds. I love all the different Donkey, all the comms. The rap at the beginning is just so iconic. That's true. I did forget about the rap. Yeah. It's the first member of the DK crew. It's great. It's so much fun. My biggest problem is the collectathon that it is. Um, But I think each environment is unique and special and fun to explore. I think it really was smart with, you know, exploring the areas per character. Like, only certain characters could go to certain parts. I think that made the worlds feel bigger, more unique, and fun to explore. I think it nailed that element of exploration, which kind of probably lent to the collectathon thing. Like, that's where the two kind of butt heads and one's really good and one's really bad, but because of it. Um, the music is great, it's very atmospheric. Music is really good. It's just it's it's also a very pretty game. I think I think still to this day it's a very pr- just like when you first load up Donkey yeah. Kong Island and you come in, there's just the water and the beach, and if you swim toward K Rules little ship island, like it starts to get rainy. Like, I like I that. I like how the yeah, I like has, how the tone. It is. has so much attention to detail that I think it really stands out. The thing I didn't, I like it a lot. the thing I didn't mention earlier too, was I liked how different all of the characters were and how they each mm-hmm. were. They each had their own unique instrument, Donkey, their own unique Diddy, gun. Tiny, lanky, lanky chunky. chunky. Yeah, they all they were all really unique, and that was one of the things I liked about the game. Again, didn't make my top list, but a really fun game. Again, rare was could do no wrong back in the day. And even if I said I thought it was probably the worst of their games, I never played Perfect Dark, so I don't know about that. But. Um, Definitely a fun game. Nonetheless, I really liked it, and it's too bad it couldn't have gotten on the rare replay for obvious reasons. But yeah, a little, a couple of obvious reasons. Yeah, sticking with the rare theme though, number seven is Double O Seven Goldeneye. Oh, Goldeneye! Goldeneye is on my list. Yeah, Goldeneye nice. was uh, like the first first person shooter i ever played obviously because it was like one of the only ones it was like the first one on consoles pretty much um my dad got it for christmas one year from my mother and then of course i ended up playing it myself as well with him sounds like that mortal Kombat situation from last time kind of similar to the mortal Kombat situation yeah because eventually i think my my mom was like you gotta have him quit playing this game and i remember specifically my dad hid goldeneye from me for a while and i was like where'd the game go i want to keep playing it uh the multiplayer is fun, and while most people do remember the multiplayer, and I played a decent amount of it, uh, I really like the story missions and stuff like that, and I thought mm-hmm. those were tons of fun, and I would always replay 
uh, there was a couple certain missions I really liked. I liked the train mission. I liked the uh, where you have to get your way out of there with uh, the laser watch at the end. I like the I like the that level where you so start cool. off unarmed and you have to use your magnet acquire watch a weapon. To, you have to use your magnet watch to acquire a key card, which then gets you out of the prison cell. And then you go and you karate chop the guard in the back of the head and you steal his AK-47. That's a, that's a fun level. That's so cool. Yeah, I like. there's a it, bunch of really good levels in that game. And I it, it was a game I probably played less of. And it was a game I probably watched my dad play more. But I loved watching him play that. And it's it's like one of my earliest. It also like had just some really I, fun Easter egg-y things. Like, you know, like the cheat codes or things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Big Head Mode or other things. Like, it it was a very, it was just so much fun. It was a lot crammed in there. I remember hearing a story Brian told me, who's been on the show in the past, like how they fit the Bond theme song on the title screen. It's actually like a bunch of tiny individual files. Like, it's not yeah, one yeah, song Yeah, I think file. I've heard the guy who did the music for that game interviewed, and he talked about that. Yeah, it was really... Yeah, it's like he fit a bunch of tiny notes together that are just yeah. playing in this loop. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, I remember that. I think he was on a podcast I listened to, and he was talking about it once. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a great game. And, I, and it, for being a light... It's probably one of the best licensed games that's ever. And uh, I always... I don't know. It's so iconic for so many reasons. Most people say the multiplayer, but it's iconic to me for the missions and things like that. And I don't know. Again, it was the first first person shooter I ever really played and kind of opened my eyes to what that could be like. So it's special for that reason. But Max, what's your number six? Banjo Tooie. Banjo Tooie. Interesting. Another rare game. Three rare games in a row. Banjo Tooie. I think that's going to be a theme. Yeah, and 64 especially. Uh, Banjo Tooie. Same kind of thing with Donkey Kong where it had the different worlds to explore. Banjo Tooie just felt very vast. There was the ice and lava world with the two different dragon bosses. There was the carnival. There's the sky level and you know i'm not even remembering everything but that game just felt very big and ambitious it was this i thought a really good sequel that improved pretty much everywhere i love the characters i think it's very charming uh i know a lot of people complain that it just slapped googly eyes on everything like that was a rare thing to do which it was but i find it cute and charming and a lot of fun i think this game is really special and you know it and donkey Kong 64 just kind of duke it out for me i mean honestly i could switch them and probably be fine i mean it might even just depend on the day you're asking me yeah but banjo Tooie is just this really special game and i think it's i mean it's in the exact same vein as donkey Kong 64 i mean the two of them go hand in hand you really couldn't have one without the other and that's these two games are the reason I'm excited for ukulele. Like it's that mm-hmm. nostalgia factor, and I th- that type of game is gone. It doesn't exist anymore. And the people that really made the great versions of that doing it again is really exciting. And I think that shows the lasting impact these games have had. And now I really just want to play Banjo Tooie on my Xbox, which is 
not good because I'm playing like seven other things right now and I really shouldn't be. Haven't that's oh, yeah. uh, I remember fighting Mumbo Mumbo Jumbo. There was like that boss fight where he was it was the robot version of Mumbo Jumbo. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember that still. That was good. I had fun with it. I have not played too much of Banjo Tooie, and that's odd considering how much I love Banjo Kazooie. But I'm I, sure Kazooie's I, on, is Kazooie on your list, or was that an honorable mention? I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, I haven't played too much of Tooie, and it's a game I've wanted to go back to for a while, especially since I got Rare Replay. I probably need to reinstall it on my Xbox, and that would be something fun to play through at some point. Probably not too long of a game. It'd um, be a good summer game. Yeah, but you you should be playing Persona Four. So I should be, but at least I know I've got like like eight or nine months. Oh now yeah, now you have like, even more time. Yeah, more but time still, than we thought. Persona. No, summer. I do need to play. I've been trying to boot it up every now and then. Um, Tui though, yeah, the one thing I, I know you said you liked how vast and expansive it was. That wasn't something that I did like when I played it as a kid. I liked how tight Kazooie was. And how it kind of streamlined you into these different worlds. And then the worlds themselves opened up a little bit. But I felt like Kazooie, uh, Tui was trying to be bigger just for the sake of we're bigger. And that's fine mm-hmm. That's fine and all. But I think it was – I didn't think it was as good because of that. I, I Sometimes bigger isn't always better. And I liked how tight Kazooie was. And um, um, we'll – talk about banjo kazooie again in a little bit i'm sure my number six is a game that i didn't even play until recently and i'm wondering if it made your list max um castlevania symphony of the night interesting which i'm thinking probably did make your list for some reason but um didn't play this game on ps1 and i played this game on xbox 360 but it's still from that generation i'm going to count it I've raved about this game enough times on the show. If you if you're a regular listener, we played it last year for the first time ever. I it's probably one of my favorite games I played last year. That it's new games or old game. games. It's it's phenomenal. It's I think it's the best. The the it's the best Metroidvania game in my opinion. I know there's a lot of good ones out there. There's Super Metroid. I know you're gonna say the Metroid Zero Mission is mm-hmm. probably your favorite. Um, and then Sha- uh, Shadow Complex I like a lot. There's a bunch of great ones. There really is, but I think this is my favorite. I love the tone. I love the weapons. I love the enemies. I love the inverted castle. I like how the game just literally flips itself on its head halfway through the game, and you have to almost relearn everything that you've learned up to that point because you feel like you've it's gotten nuts. so far, and then it just changes everything and literally turns it upside down. I love everything it about that game. With your brain. Yeah, it, it really does. It, it You have to rethink everything, and you start trying to chart it out in your head, and it's a phenomenal game. I love that game. It's absolutely incredible. So many little secrets, so much fun. It's There's a great progression system where you feel yourself getting stronger as you go along. Really, really can't say enough about Castlevania the Night, Symphony of the Night. We've talked about it enough, though, on this show at this point, and I feel it's like, great. I feel like you know that I love it. It's a fantastic game. What's your number five? Pokemon Blue for the Game Boy. Interesting. Pokemon Blue was my first Pokemon game uh, before my parents got rid of Pokemon until I was 13 when Diamond came out. But Pokemon Blue obviously started the franchise. I mean, it was an instant hit. We've raved about it on this show before, back when they had the re-releases come out. The magic for me was... This was my first dive into a game where I used the internet 
to just completely learn about this game and I learned about cheats and glitches and like this was the first game I really broke down and I you know I tested out so many different mute glitch theories like pushing the truck or anything else like I this was the game I used the internet for to break down it was the first time I'd ever done that and it's so cool and it's magical and you just dive in and you became the very best and it was this big and expansive game to me as a kid it was also probably one of my first rpgs and it's it's a you know i love this game i just i love it so much i i don't even know what else i could say about it yeah. i love it yeah like i said i feel like we've talked about this enough uh, we t- especially in depth about probably 10 episodes back you can go back through our feed and i'm sure we'll have a pokemon titled uh episode in there somewhere uh it really is good uh my equivalent to it is Yellow. It was the first one I played. Just fantastic games. First RPG. In, I mean, yeah. Ditto to everything Max said. A little bit. Hey. Um, it really is. It's it's a great game. Pokemon's one of the best ever. And uh, Blue, while I never played it, I, I know how it works. And I know the formula with it and stuff like that. So, good choice, Max. Um, my number five. Your number five? Game we've already mentioned. Mario Kart 64. Four is on my list. First racing game I ever really played. First racing game I ever fell in love with, and one of the few I've ever fell in love with. Uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier. I, the only other thing I would really say to build on what you've already said, uh, battle mode's a ton of fun. I think it's the only Mario Kart game that's ever really gotten battle mode right. Uh, all of the other ones since then, Double Dash was okay, but the Wii and the Wii U ones weren't great with well, battle mode, I didn't think. Mario Kart DS D- did very DS, well. DS, that's true. DS did well with it as well. Um, DS was amazing. DS was, DS did do well. I forgot about DS. Yeah, I'd say it, 64 was one of the ones where, yeah, battle mode worked really well, and I like doing that almost as much as I like doing the racing. Um, so many iconic racetracks in this, though. Like, most of them... Some of the more iconic... That's what I was saying. I look forward to each one, man. Yeah, there's not a bad track in the whole game, I don't think. And the most iconic ones, I think, in the entire series come from 64 specifically. And so even now that we're into it's... Mario Kart 8 and they've remade some of the older stages into the and put them into the new game, the ones I always look forward to playing to the most are the ones from the N64. The 64 ones. Yeah. So Now, one interesting tidbit. This just popped in my head since you were talking about the courses themselves. Did you do you know about the the glitch on uh, the Calamar Desert? Possibly, give me the train fresh. level. If you didn't uh, like the give name. me a fresher. Um, if you get a star on that level, you then the second set of tracks you come across. Yeah. If you turn left and you just drive down the side of the track, so you don't get hit by the train. When you get to the tunnel, which is like right by the finish line, mm-hmm. you um you like automatically do like two laps like you just you just you're totally just so trip fast the and, game out but you have yeah because but you have to use the star because if you go in the tunnel without a star you die but the star gives you invincibility so That's the game doesn't kill you so you just you can go from last to first in a <laughs> second that's it's really amazing. interesting i didn't i don't think i knew that so that's interesting it's a lot of fun to do i don't think you can do it in the new ones obviously Probably but it's not. fun to do in the old one so, yeah, Mario Kart is my number five, getting into the top five here. What's your number four, Max? This one was hard for me. This this is the first video game I ever played. Mm. This is a franchise 
near and dear to my heart. Uh, I know what this is, then. And I yeah, didn't even do. think this warranted a spot in my honorable mentions. Because I didn't like I I went back and played it a couple months ago, and I didn't like it. And I don't think I liked it that much are as a kid. Are we talking about the same game? Yeah, we are talking about the same game. Oh, my gosh. Because you're, you're talking crazy. about Super this Smash Brothers. Super Smash Brothers on the N64. Yep. Another another Titan franchise introduced on the N64. First game I ever played. This game is pure magic. And this is where I learned about characters like Captain Falcon and Ness. You know, I just bought my first F-Zero game a week ago. Dang. Still haven't played it yet because everything's packed away. But, you know, these are where these icons hail from. And or like they all mash together. Obviously, they don't hail from it. But... I wanted to put this at number one so bad, but these next three games I think are just uh, these next three games I want to talk about. I think the impact they had, not just on the mostly on the industry, but on me personally as well. I think that outweighs the just. I know I keep saying I love these games that I keep talking about because I do, but the. the I don't know. There's just an attachment. It's the first game I ever played. I still have my copy. Like, everything is still there. I mean, it's just so special. And it was really hard for me to put it here. Not because, like, number four is a bad slot or by any means doesn't make it a lesser game. But I just think these next three overall are more important. But the one nearest and dearest to my heart out of this whole list is Smash Brothers. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, and that's that's where you got to start figuring out how you want to work your list out. Is it the one that means the most to you or is it the one that you love to play the most? In particular, this is this generation is so it changed the course of I mean it's where it's what got us where I'm we are. I'm looking today. forward to seeing what your next three are. I know what one of them is for sure. But I'm I'm interested. We'll see if you know. I I know what one of them is for sure, like 100%, like no doubt in my mind. I know what it is. Um Te- text it to me now. No, because I know we'll I right. know I'm so I know exactly what it is. But I'm not even going to open it. Okay. I want to I uh, I want to see if you know it, but I don't want you to say it out loud. Well, I know what one of them is, but I don't know I don't know if it's number 1, but I know what one of them is for sure. Okay. Well, what is your number 4, Logan? My number 4 is oh, and before we get off Smash Bros, I like Smash Bros. It was fun. I uh, it was it wasn't Smash Bros to me until GameCube, and I I I, I played the N sixty four one a lot, and I had it, but I don't know if I ever really like loved it. It was it was fine. It was interesting to me more than anything, and kind of like you said, all the, seeing all the different characters come together. I played it a ton, and I really do like it. And it's not a bad game by any means, but. I couldn't think of putting it above any of the other games on my list here, and that's why it didn't make mine. Still, not a bad also, game, but it didn't become the Smash Bros that I adore until Melee. So, I'm thinking about it. This was one of like this is one of the big games for Sakurai. Yeah, that's true. This pushed Sakurai into the limelight. My number four is the best. Pokemon. It's Pokemon Silver. When it's Pokemon Silver and Gold, whatever. I mean, you're splitting hairs there. I had Silver. I liked Lugia more, so Pokemon Silver is the one I go with. Um, Best in the series. Still the best in the series. Soul Silver on the DS is the best because it's a remake of what is was already the best. Um, so if you've never played it, go 
pick up Soul Silver on the DS. I know it's probably about fifty. Oh, bucks. it's so hard to find. I know it's like fifty bucks, but go play it. It's so good. Um, I, it's one of the generations of Pokemon that they've added on that I don't. I feel like still fits together with the originals. If that makes any sense, I feel like eventually they kind of. Some of the Pokemon started feeling different, and like it wasn't like they fit together. If if that makes any sense at all, like they started making Pokemon really weird. Like here's a Pokemon that's made out of ice cream and like weird stuff like that. Okay, ice cream though was way later on. Yeah, I know that's like way later, but still, um, this the second generation felt unique and different, huh? Yeah, they felt unique yeah. and different. The second generation felt like it went hand in hand with the first generation, and it blew my mind when they did it. I'm like, oh my gosh, you, they're adding more. When you go back, yeah. When you go back, well, to, when you can go back it? to Kanto, that for mm-hmm. one is what makes and it awesome. That's, that's all because of Mister Iwata. Or, yeah, Iwata. I want to say Sakurai. He I figured it say, out. Try to say Sakurai. Um, yeah, so Pokemon Silver is the best in the series. I love so many of the Pokemon in this game, and I think that it probably has one of the better storylines as well, as weird as that is to say. I like that Team Rocket's kind of on the fringe. It has some of the most memorable moments in the series to me, and the most memorable moment in the series, which is fighting Red on top of the mountain. That's the best part of the whole series. I don't care what anyone says as far as the story goes. You know, I never... I've told my Pokemon story on this podcast before, but... After Pokemon Blue, my parents kind of kicked Pokemon out of the house. So I never got to play Gold or Silver or Crystal. Uh, I did own a copy of Gold later on in life. I don't anymore because I never felt a connection to it, so I, I sold it. Um, you know, and I never got I never got to fight myself on the mountaintop. It sounds really cool thematically and narratively, but I never got it, so I don't have that connection with it. Yeah. And it's, I feel I feel like it sucks for me, dude. Go back and play flipping. Go back and play it. Well, on, honestly, on what I'm banking on is they put them out like they did blue, yellow, and silver. I'm blue, yellow, and red. Like that they just be, put gold and silver and crystal be interesting. out. That'd be something cool. To do. They have clearly they're capable. Same hardware. Yeah, that's true. They definitely could. Um yeah, Pokemon Silver is my favorite in the series. I really love it. I love the Pokemon that they added in the Johto region. I love the addition of the dragons specifically was like a big thing to me back when I was a kid. And um, yeah, dragons. Uh, that was when they introduced dragon type. So no, they had. What are you talking about? Pokemon Blue and Yellow. One of the Elite Four is a dragon type, Dragonite. Did they? Oh yeah. Yeah, I remember it because you had to have a Dragonite to. Like, I killed yeah, his Dragonite with my right. Dragonite, used Dragon Breath. I thought that they introduced... they intru- If that is true, they introduced dragons in a more fuller capacity by the next game. So that was interesting. They didn't really have too many, but Dragonite definitely is Dragon-type. 100%. And Gyarados... Was it? Or was it just flying? Nope. Because I thought they made a big deal about it in the second game, but maybe I'm completely I off promise. here. They added Ice-type, and they added... St- Dark type, and they added steel type. Articuno was ice. They added steel. They added steel, and they added... I remember that because Steelix. Yeah. I remember steel. I thought they added ice type, too. I can't remember. Because Articuno's ice. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I forget. Maybe I'm stupider than I thought. You're crazy. Anyway, Pokemon Silver is the best in the series. Go play it, really. it's I I love Pokemon. That's the best one by a flipping mile. Uh, number three, getting into the top three, Max. Well, you know, and a lot of people 
really quick do agree with you. Like, gold and silver is the best generation. A lot of people believe that. So it's a big deal. Anyway, number three, we've talked about it before, so we don't really need to talk too about it too much. But Castlevania Symphony. Okay, so it's di- okay now that I thought this would make the list, but I didn't know if it would it did. beat out Smash Bros. So three. I was skeptical afterwards. Believe me, I told you it was hard. Um, Castlevania Symphony of the Night is a fantastic game. We've said it before on the show. I said it five minutes ago. This is near perfect game design. This is how you make a video game. This is how you design a video game. It's core it's fundamental everything makes sense it flows beautifully it's just this is i don't even i'm gonna keep saying fantastic it's a wonderful and magical game and through i mean it's on xbox one backward compatibility right yeah yeah it is okay so if you have an xbox one or an xbox 360 or a ps3 you are able to play this game. You can go out and buy it. I think it's like ten bucks. I really, I really probably should buy it for my Xbox because I still can't play it on my PS4, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. But I also like. I really want to own a copy of this game for the PS1. I want to own an original copy. This is. A, it's also beautiful to look at. The art style is great. The, you know, it's a 2D game, but it's so big and expansive. It really nails that exploration, coming back, becoming more powerful, just style of game, which we summarize as Metroidvania. It's wonderful. Symphony of Night, number three. It's a solid game. I like it as well. It's a it's a wonderful game. We're getting into the heavy hitters, Max. And uh, Logan's number three the is... The next three are some of my three favorite games ever. So that's... We're getting into some I can I can stuff. say, when we get to the episode where we say our favorite games of all time... I imagine that we will see these games again. Possibly. Um, some of them. Some of them. Well, it's gonna be. For it's sure. gonna be like, really. You know. It's gonna be really hard to make that list. It's just gonna, oh, be, it's gonna be tough. Really hard to make that list. Um, How do I fit Uncharted Four and The Last of Us on there? Yeah. Jeez. Um, number three. Metal Gear Solid. I'm glad we did that at the same time. Um, I didn't play Metal Gear Solid until much later after its initial release, probably about 10 years after it came out. I think I played it when I was in like 7th or 8th grade. Um, I, heard, I had heard so much about it. Snake was in Smash Bros. I was like, wanted to learn more about him. You, Snake and Brawl was the weird insane yeah yeah i still think he's the craziest third-party character they've ever put in smash yeah it is really weird that they were able to get him in it um so yeah i knew about snake and i had heard enough about the series i had heard so many people say middle gear solid one is probably top five game ever and so i went to the store one day and i think i've mentioned this on the podcast before because we've had a metal gear specific episode before and i saw the collection I saw a collection, which was back then not all on one disc. It was three games combined together in one box for like 20 mm-hmm. or 30 bucks. I almost bought that. I have a story about that, too. I but. bought that, and it came with Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, and 3 the for the PS2, which was backwards compatible. So I had to make sure that I still had my PS1 memory card, which I did, because for some reason they couldn't save on the PS2 memory cards, which was strange back in the day. But um, Silly goose. 
So I played through Metal Gear Solid 1 and just an awesome game. The story is so good. The boss fights are so good. The, just the writing is fantastic. I love the characters to death. Snake is awesome. All, all the people you call Campbell, Mei Ling, uh, Otacon's one of my Otacon. favorite gar- characters in the game. I love the Gray Fox. Frank Sniper Wolf. Sniper Wolf is great. It's a great fight as well. Um, Psycho Mantis. Psycho Mantis is probably one of the best boss fights in all of games. Um, Liquid. Liquid's awesome. I mean, you, I'm sorry, it, the, I'm no, no, the list. list goes on and on. It really does. All of the characters are so well written and the, uh, voice acting performances are so good. Even when I played it so much, like ten years later, it was it still held up. And I went into it and I put it in. And I was like, I expected it to be the one. I was like, all right, I want to play this series and I want to learn why this series is so revered. And I will play, I will play this game. I expect this first one to be the one that I'm just trying to rush through and get through. And then I bet they get better with Metal Gear Solid two and three. Metal Gear Solid 1 was so good. Like, I, it, 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 it kind of surprised me because I it went in with tempered expectations because I knew I was going back to play an older game. I think by the time I'd played it, PS3 was out too, so it was starting to feel a little bit older even though it was only 10 years or whatever. But um, So my expectations for it were a little bit lower, and I just enjoyed it so much, and I still remember beating it, and my mind was blown by everything that happened, and I, I was having a case of the feels, and I just... I took it out of my console and I rushed it across the street to my neighbor. I was like, you have to play this. And he's like, what is it? I was like, it's Metal Gear Solid. You know the dude from Smash Bros. Snake? And he's like, yeah. I was like, this is his game. You have to play this. And he's like, all right. And I was like, no. Like, you have to play this. Trust me. And he's like, okay, I'll play it. Did you I – qu- I have a question for you. Yeah. Did you save Mei Ling? Uh, I, I'm sorry, not Mei Ling. I'm Meryl. No, I'm sorry. I didn't. And that was weird to me when she showed back up in Metal Gear Solid 4 because I was like, you died. Why are you here? And no, yeah. They, that threw they just me, went with the ending where they saved her. That threw me off. See, I didn't, I didn't know there was any difference there at all. I didn't know. I thought that she just died, and then they threw her back in Metal Gear Solid 4, and I was, it didn't make any sense to me. I later learned that that was like a split decision thing that you could either save her or not save her um but yeah so i i could talk about the game forever i I honestly credit metal gear solid like up until this point i would call myself a gamer or whatever hardcore gamer whatever whatever you want to call yourself metal gear solid changed things for me though like this was one of the first times where it was like okay i've heard so much about this series I need to play this. I owe it to myself to play this. I am of an age where I can I feel like I can like comprehend games now and I don't need help or anything like that. I mean, I was like I was 14 or whatever. So, I mean, I was make I make myself sound younger than I was, but yeah, that was like the first time where I was like I need to play this game. If I want to call myself a video game player, then I need to go and understand the games that came before my time and this was it really changed a lot for me and it really made me view gaming differently and i owe a lot of my passion for video games to this game and uh i have a feel i have have a i have a strong feeling we're gonna bring it back up here in just a moment so uh what's your number two Metal Gear Solid. I figured as much i told you that was the one i knew was definitely on your list you did text me Metal Gear Solid. yeah i I mean, I don't need to reiterate what you just said. Um, I do want to share my personal stories, though, with the Metal Gear Solid 1 and then the, the Metal Gear Solid franchise kind of very 
briefly. Um, this game has a very cinematic feel, which at the time was very new. Hideo Kojima, all his games are cinematic. He's, he's, he is a, he feels like, he just has a passion for presenting his stories in a very polished way. It's nice, it's cool. But, I didn't play Metal Gear Solid 1 first. I played Metal Gear Solid 2 first. Borrowed it from a kid across the street. Good friend. Borrowed it. Played it. Loved it. Loved it so much that I made a PowerPoint to convince my parents why I was allowed to play this this rated M game. And so we went out, and I wanted to buy the collection, but we. I think it was before I convinced them that I could play them, so they said no because it's rated M. And it had, like, sexual themes in it, which is all Eva's fault in Metal Gear Solid 3. But anyway, later on, I was able to buy 2 and 3. So I played 3 next. And 3 is my favorite Metal Gear Solid game. 3 is fantastic. Yes! It is the best. Okay, I thought you were, like, saying no. It's like, no, 3 is the best. And then I went back and I played 1. But how did I, how did I acquire Metal Gear Solid 1? Well, I'll tell you. Logan, I took my PSP to a friend's house with a PS3. Mm, you did the old downloady onto the PSP. I think yep, we've talked he, about this, and then you... Is this the one where you I logged sat, into his account and played it. Was this the one where he sat out in the middle of a hallway and beat it in a hotel? I did. That's okay, where I so beat... so we have heard this tale on our show before. Yeah. This is where I beat Rex. I was at a late-night hotel, way past midnight... I leave the room so I don't make noise, and I just sit in this hotel hall playing metal, beating Metal Gear Solid and just having the time of my life on my PSP. It was great. And that all leads to Metal Gear Solid 4, where my friend let me borrow his PS3 for the weekend. I stacked it up on some DS cases so it could breathe ventilation. Played it on my CRT television. And uh, completed what I've, you know, completed it until we now have the Phantom Pain, which I still haven't beat. But Metal Gear Solid, again, is another game that just birthed, just really, maybe not birthed, but it put a franchise up at the top. And its presentation on the PS1 is unprecedented. Its storytelling is amazing. You know, the Psycho Manus boss battle where you put your controller in port 2. Which on the PSP, which on the PSP, yeah, how does that work? Well, you on the Vita and the PSP, if you are playing a PS1 game, you actually have full control over your button inputs, the mapping, everything. You can even change which port you're using. So you can, which I'm sure they designed that specifically for Metal Gear Solid because. You know, I'm sure there are other games that have tricks with port two, but you just you go into the basically the emulator menu and switch to port two. You can even switch the memory That's card. Weird. So if you for some reason there was another game, if you had like the memory on your memory card, he would comment on that. Like you could do that. Yeah, all like through. I see you've been playing Castlevania or something like that. Yeah, like it, it was it, if it was in the Konami family, I think he commented on it because mm-hmm. they couldn't do so, it with like <laughs> games that weren't theirs. Yeah, so that game is so special in your and dear. It really is. Your number three is my number two. I feel like we talked about it enough. It's a fan. I, I got to stop saying fantastic, but it, it, is, is, a, it is a fantastic. It's a top notch game. It deserves the number two spot I gave it. It definitely does. Uh, my number two. I'm interested to see what your number one is. 
Well, that's that's oh, why you have well, to tell me your two. I think I know what it could be, but I I thought we were on the same page with that. Maybe not though. Um, number two, Banjo Kazooie. Uh, Banjo Kazooie nice. rules. It's Makes the sense. best platformer of all time. I will take that to the grave, and of course, unless another one comes out before I hit the grave, um, it's fantastic. It's I could rant and rave about the game forever. We already kind of talked about it earlier with best, ukulele. Best platformer? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Best 3D platformer or best platformer? Platformer, period? full stop. Sort of better than any Mario game. Yep. It's the best. It's It was the first game I ever got for better my than, N64. Better than Mega Man? Better than what? Mega Man? Sh- Mega Man, Shovel Knight. It's the best platformer. Best platformer ever. That's crazy. That is a you put, slap that on a t shirt. I told and sell dude, it. I told you I love Banjo Kazooie. I had an argument in my uh video game history class about this between this and Super Mario sixty four. And dude, Super Mario sixty four sucks in comparison. Banjo Kazooie is the game, dude. It is. It, I love all the different worlds. I love how varied they are. I love that you can transform and do a different character in every different world. I love how funny it is. I love the jiggies and the notes, and I love how every every place has specific things to collect. I love how I love the trivia game at the end where it, re, it makes you recall things from the past. I know a bunch of people hate that. I think it's kind of witty and funny. Um, I the game has such a sense of charm to it. I love everything about it i finally beat it like five years ago for the first time ever because i could never beat the witch at the end finally Mm -hmm. played through it on my 360 downloaded it from xbox live arcade and beat it it's such a satisfying on your rare replay yeah and then they did come out with it on rare replay um it's such a satisfying game it's really i could rant and rave about it forever it's so so good so why isn't it your number one oh because you know why but we'll get into that momentarily um. Hmm. Yeah, banjo. Really though, it's it's so good. I know a bunch of people say it's just a collectathon, kind of. But each of the worlds has it's no Donkey Kong sixty four. I'll tell you, each that. of the worlds has such a great feel to them, and I love it because of that. And I, I, it's just I could seriously go on forever. It's so good. It's a game I like revisiting even though i don't revisit old games often it's one of the few that i will go back and play uh like i said it was the first n64 game i got and so it's a little bit more sentimental to me because of that but yeah banjo is amazing and i can't wait for ukulele ukulele number one time max i think i know what it is even though do you want to guess now before i say it well i thought I didn't. I'm, I want to say Super Mario 64, but I didn't think either of us had played it. So, I, I, I like I've played the game, but I didn't think either of us had played enough of it to really say uh, that it was like high enough to be on our list. That's why like it's not on my list because I haven't played enough of it to really give a verdict on it. I know how important it was for the industry. I know that it was like the first real 3D game and blew people's minds when it came out and i know that it's probably your game now that i'm talking about this much it is okay it's super mario 64 i've never beaten it how far have you gotten then uh upstairs okay i think i beat bowser i I don't even know see this was there's the first floor then you go to the basement and then you go 
upstairs. This was a game I would call a blockbuster game, where I would just every now and then I rented it from Blockbuster a handful of times, but I never actually bought it. That's so weird because the memory's on the cartridge, so like you never had the same save data. Yeah, I know. So that's so weird. But Super Mario sixty four changed everything. It it did. It made Ocarina of Time possible. It made Metal Gear. It made Metal Gear Solid possible. It made 3D anything. Like, it's the bar. It's the standard. It is the the pinnacle of 3D games at the time. It proved that they were possible. It's so magical. It's charming. It's open. It's so creative with the idea of jumping in the paintings. And there are worlds there to explore. And you keep revisiting. And you grind out the stars. And grind really is a poor word because grind makes it sound like it's laborious or you're not having fun. It shows that the different stars in you know each little level, that there's new ways to approach it. And they were doing things no one had ever done before with camera controls and platforming in this 3D space. It's so cool. Um, it's a game I played a lot at a friend's house across the street. Like a friend across the street had a lot more games than I did. <laughs> I think um, we all had one of those when we were a was, kid. Yeah. Like, I have this game and you have this game. Let's swap or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was. A, I had the kid across the street named David and the kid on the corner named Ryan. Ryan was an only child, and David just kind of got a bunch of video games. I actually can still like picture their house layouts in my mind. It's That's how much time I spent over there. But anyway, they always had the coolest games. That's that's where I was introduced to Kingdom Hearts. <sighs> Maybe it would have been better if that house burned down. <laughs> <laughs> but I played a lot of Mario 64 there. I never actually owned my own copy of Mario 64. I haven't either. For yeah. the N64 until um, maybe a year ago. I bought it from someone here at school at UCF. But where did I actually play Mario 64 in full? Great question. Nintendo DS. See, that was the way I thought that you may have played it. Because, I, I, like I said, the I, first game I got for the DS. Because we kicked around played... doing a play and report for this game last year at one point. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I didn't know if it would be on your list or not. But I thought maybe you had played it on the DS. Played it on the DS. Now, granted, the DS version is very different. Yeah, you it can had, be Wario. You know, three other characters you could play as, Wario, Luigi, and Yoshi. Um, its camera controls were weird. Abysmal. <laughs> weird you know it was a game meant to be played with an analog stick and it was you know it's with a d-pad i hear though if you have a copy of it i hear it is better on the 3ds does the the not pad not perfect but it's better okay yeah like it does it's obviously not perfect analog but what it is is it's easier to like you know slide between it because it is this slide pad i would love i'd love for that game to be on 3ds I would love not even the DS port. I would just love like N sixty four virtual console on the three D the new three D S, which I'm sure it can run. But I would love to play yeah, that game on the three D S. It would be nice to get that game on three D S, it really would. But you know, the most important thing is it changed everything. It proved everything was possible. Ideas from there ended up actually being an Ocarina <clears throat> of Time. Yeah. And vice versa. Like they swapped things. It was it changed everything and it's just it's utterly charming it's magic i think it captivated the spirit of the time of like this game and this new frontier 
You know, you don't really VR is the next step. And I'm curious what the Mario 64 of VR is going to be. Like that's that's how the staple of Mario 64 has left on the industry. Like it's the bar for the next leap. You know, after 3D gaming, the next really big leap was HD. Yeah. And yeah. now we're just at the, you know, we're at this uncanny valley of things looking real. But VR is the the huge jump. And I'm very curious to see what that staple game is for VR. Yeah. Well, so that's my number one. Well, I haven't played it uh, enough for me to really warrant putting it on my list i don't think i definitely understand how important it is for the industry and if i was to make a best list out of like best games from this era and not favorite it would for sure have to be within the top five probably top three if not number one because it is that important like you said it really did blow people's minds when it came out and holy crap i'm mario and i'm running around in any direction i want that open area at the beginning of the castle it really did change everything and it changed people's perceptions of how games could be played um i'm I'm looking up a specific podcast for you i'm gonna actually send it to you now okay yeah i mean it really just yeah changed so much but I haven't played enough of it, really, no. And it should be something I go pick up on my Wii U at some point, and I really should play through it, because I'm sure it still holds up in some capacity. It does. It does. Don't you worry about it. So, All right, I know what your number one yeah, is. Yeah, of course you uh, do, because it might be might be my number one when we get to week six. Um, honestly, like, favorite game ever. It's been my favorite game ever for 15 years, probably. Um or one of them. I don't know. I mean, maybe it'll be unseated, honestly, uh, when we get down the road. But for the longest time, o- uh, Ocarina of Time, number one. It's been my favorite forever. Uh, it's the first game, uh, like I talked a minute ago about how Metal Gear Solid felt like a change in me playing games and a change in me being a gamer. Ocarina of Time was the first one that really felt like it changed things, though. And... It completely, kind of like how you talked about how the 3D in Mario 64 really changed everything and those open spaces and stuff like that. Going out into Hyrule Field for the first time was just mind-blowing. And seeing it... I've never gotten past the Deku Tree. I say that now. Everyone is upset about that. But it proved, because the game before this was Link to the Past, past, which... The two of those, between the Zelda fans, depending on who you ask, those two usually duke it out for best Zelda game. And it proved that this Zelda exploration style could work in a 3D space. And I think that's a more impressive achievement than proving Mario works in a 3D space, from Super Mario World to Super Mario 64. Yeah, I, I, and, and really, like, and I know I've said this, as long as I've known you, you have to play that game. You really do. You have to play... This game. It's on 3DS. Yeah, I can buy you do. It yeah, and it's 20 bucks now, too, because it was expensive there for a while, and then they they printed it again and made it one of their classic collector's games or whatever. So it's like a it's like a $20 buy now. It's really cheap. You need to... The problem pl- is having $20 for it. Oh, well, you bought Alienation the other day. You can buy one of the greatest of all time games. Anyway, uh, it's... 
I I I could talk about this game for an hour. Like, please do. I I, I don't want to. We need to get going. Um, that I think one of the things that really. It was the first Zelda game I played too. That's that should be noteworthy. So that made me aware. I like if I talked about the formula, like going to the dungeons and getting a new weapon and then defeating the boss with that weapon. Like that's a that's a Zelda thing in and of itself. But it was the first time I was introduced to it in that way. The storyline's mm-hmm. so good. I, like the, the Zelda storylines are never amazing, but I think this one is definitely it's definitely the most straightforward, and I like it because of that. The seven year jumping seven years and getting the master sword out and you're a kid in one moment and then the next second you're a teenager or adult mind-blowing i couldn't believe what happened because i time travel because when i got to when i got to the sword i was like i did it i beat the game and it's like boom nope you're an adult six more dungeons to go or however many it is that blew my mind i could not believe that and the game has so much depth it's it and it holds up so well, too. It really does. And that's why I keep telling you to go back and play it. Because some of these games, like, they start to show their age as, as we go on. I really think, in pretty much every way, Ocarina of Time is still an incredible game. And that's why it might be number one on my list in a couple weeks. Because it still is so good. Everything good, it, good that it did back in 1998 it is still doing extremely well today. And you don't see games that hold up that well anymore. Like... I mean, heck, you can't go back and play an Xbox 360 game or a PS3 game anymore without seeing some of the wear and tear that it has on it, like, five or six years down the road. This game is mm. almost 20 years old, and it still holds it's up. It's got the longevity. Yeah, it it works so well. It just... I, again, I could some I of the things that... And I think it has a special place in my heart because it was the first Zelda. And again, like I said, I wasn't aware of the formula, like the collect three things. Cool. Go get the Master Sword. Cool. Now go get the other five things. Cool. Now go kill the boss. Like, I didn't, those things didn't stand out to me. uh, Or they stood out to me, but I wasn't aware that that was like a formula from previous games. I didn't know there was previous games up to that point. Um, Also worth mentioning. The soundtrack, it's the best soundtrack of all time to any game ever. Um, I know Zelda music is revered as being the best ever for the most part. Uh, Ocarina of Time, for sure, though, is the best in the series. It's the best soundtrack ever. I have... I listen to the soundtrack often. Yeah, there's just... I think that was in Link to the Past, actually. Maybe. I, I forget. For Zelda song it was the first one you thought of. There is so, I mean, I, I, there's so many aspects of this game I could talk about forever. The first person aiming with the hook shot and the arrows, the, mm-hmm. the dungeons being laid out in 3D for the first time ever was a game changer. And the, the verticality to it, which somebody pointed out the other day, I was listening to them talk about how smart it is when you first go into the Deku tree that that's what the it is. camera angle goes up and down to show you, hey, You've played Zelda before. This is a little different. We were adding depth to it, and we're mm-hmm. adding verticality to it. And the first thing you have to All do right. in that dungeon is you have to jump off the top, and you have to break the web at the break bottom the of web. the cr- of the thing. Like they're try, they do a great job of teaching you how the game works because it had never been done. Because before. it had never happened like that before. Yes. And so it's, and it's in a it's fantastic. Like, it's a, it teaches without you, ever a word of text. Yeah. It, they teach you. It teaches you in a great way that. That's what you're supposed to do, similar to like 
Super Mario Bros. Like, you hit the block, you hit the next block, there goes the mushroom, you can't avoid the mushroom because it's going to come back and bounce at you, you learn that you grow, and then from there, like, it teaches you these game mechanics and how the game works without ever saying a word to you, which is always the best thing you can do when designing a game. Also, it should be noted that that game gets you into the first dungeon really flipping quick compared to some of the other Zelda games. You get the sword, you get the shield, you're in that dungeon. Twilight Princess. Quick. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, all of them. Twilight Princess, Wind Waker. Um, some of those... Some... Yeah, Wind Waker takes a while. I mean, like, the the fortress is like... Yeah, I wouldn't even temple. I wouldn't even say it's that's not, a dungeon. I wouldn't call it a temple. I wouldn't call it a temple or a dungeon either. Yeah, I mean, Dragon Roost Island, that's like six or seven hours well, into the game. Well, Link Between Worlds, you get in pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, that's a little bit different, though. As far as the 3D, 3D ones go, like this one 3D, yeah. gets you in there, and you are playing right away, and you're in Zelda dungeon mode quickly. And um, I don't know, getting the horse. I mean, it's just there's so many iconic moments from this game. There really is. I love the feel of each of the different areas. I love the water, fire, desert, forest, uh, the shadow temple. At the bottom of that well is creepy as I'll get at. Um I could serious. I could. I could go on and on and on. I could break down every the, single thing I loved about this game forever, and I won't because I know we're already at like two hours, and we didn't expect this episode to be as long, and we got to record another one right after this. But um, it really is just such a phenomenal game. I fell in love with it the first time I played it when I was a kid. I'm still in love with it today. I don't think you talk a lot about like how you think uncharted and last of us are perfect and i always joke and say i don't think there is a perfect game but if there was i think this is that's your perfect game i yeah it's about as close as it gets to it i still could probably think of a thing or two i wish would be different or shovel knight last of us but yeah um the only connection i have to ocarina of time of substance is the speedrunning community and watching them break the your game <laughs> it is amazing to see how this is the most broken zelda game of all time like the, the community oh, yeah. for sure i think a bunch of stuff the on broken. the early n64 is really broken it's just a marvel to watch them beat this game yeah you know i especially during agdq or sgdq so awesome games done quick or summer games done quick whichever one ocarina of time is always one i try to make time for there's been blind uh, blind speed runs yeah, of it, beat it without looking for the first three dungeons. There's, you know, um, just beating it like so quick. Like I think the record's like 14 minutes or something. Yeah. It's so absurdly it's short. It's probably something shorter around than that. There, yeah. It's bonkers to just watch them play and break that game. And granted, I don't know the techniques. So if I ever did play it, I can't, you know, break it for myself. It's not, the experience wouldn't be ruined for me. But it is so cool to just see that game be ripped to shreds and put back together in a way that's cool and exciting. And that's, you know, this game did change things, and it's cool. It's awesome to see that. Yeah, the one thing... I'll, the one thing That's what I got to say about that. The one thing I'll say about Ocarina of Time is that it really did change things. It changed Zelda in a similar way that Super Mario 64 changed Mario. But the one thing I will say is that I felt like as time went on, 64 kind of didn't hold up as well as time went on, and then new things like uh, Sunshine and Galaxy came out. And while they may not have been as well-received as uh, Super Mario was back in the 90s, 64 was back in the 90s, I think Ocarina of Time is still the benchmark for Zelda 3D Zelda games. 
and I don't think it's anyone's going to argue. formula that 3D Zelda games have been based off of since Ocarina of Time. Everything 3D Zelda-wise, same formula. Yeah, it's this, well, it's the, same, that... it's the same formula, but I also think it's the best... I think it's still the best, like, from a gameplay perspective and a story perspective and, like, co- oh, cohesion. Yeah. Like, I mean... everything... That is still the game. While some people may argue that 64 was good at the time, but looking back on it, something like Galaxy is way more well put together. Whereas nowadays, like, the comparison between, like, Galaxy and Super Mario would be, like, what, Twilight Princess and Ocarina? That would be the correlation there. And people would say, well, Twilight Princess is good, but it's not doing things as good as Ocarina does, and Ocarina is still better a lot in these regards. Whereas I feel like it's a little bit flipped on its head with, something like 64 and galaxy where it's like okay yes 64 didn't do as good with these things but galaxy's improved on them because of this so Mm -hmm. and i know that i know that's kind of different but again i think i think like twilight or ocarina of time is still the benchmark for zelda games and 3d zelda games specifically whereas i and we're gonna we're gonna see here a week from today how that's changed because of this open world formula they're introducing to the franchise. I'm super interested. I'm hopeful. I love Zelda. It's probably my favorite franchise ever, but uh, still got a bad Skyward Sword taste in my mouth. So, I love Skyward Sword. I don't know what you're talking about. It was fine. <laughs> like it was great, love it. Like that's the thing. It was fine, and I don't expect like mediocrity out of my Zelda games. I hold them to a much I higher... I gave it a 10 out of 10. Yeah, a bunch of people gave them a 10 out of 10, and now look how everybody looks back on it a couple of years later. Not I love not it. favorably. I look at it with these very fond eyes. So, yeah, I... Uh, I don't know. I'm hopeful to see what Zelda's got in store next week. So... Uh, That's a wrap. That is it for this week's episode of Millennial Gaming Speak. That is our top is 10. Doozy. Yeah, we went pretty long. I don't think we expected to go this long, but hey, that's how these episodes are yeah, going to be. Um, let's count down our list once I again. I'll do mine. Number 10 is Ken Griffey Jr. Slugfest. Number 9, Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. Number 8, Pokemon Stadium. Number 7, GoldenEye 007. Number 6, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Number 5, Mario Kart. Number 4, Pokemon Silver. Number 3, Metal Gear Solid. Number 2, Banjo-Kazooie. And then number 1 is Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. And my list is number 10 is Star Fox 64. Number 9 is Tetris for the Game Boy. Number 8 is Mario Kart 64. Number 7 is Donkey Kong 64. Uh, Number 6 is Banjo-Tooie. Number 5 is Pokemon Blue. Number 4 is Super Smash Bros. Number 3 is Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Number 2 is Metal Gear Solid. And number 1 is Super Mario 64. Solid lists by each of us, if I do say so myself, we'll have to see. And I have to... Go ahead. I have to say something about next time. Yeah. Can I can I talk about next time? For sure. So next, our next favorite games of all time list covers the Nintendo GameCube, the PlayStation 2, the original Xbox, and the Game Boy Advance. I have to say, there were some parts in this episode where I was just thinking, just kind of like, just throwing some games against the wall in my head like oh yeah that'll be on my list that'll be on my list next week is gonna be a brutal like just bloodbath to see what can stay on the list because there are so many good games and that i mean that was that was when we were both i'm hyped for next week that was when we were both waist deep in games by that point too i feel like these first two weeks was kind of like we were playing games but we weren't really playing games at this point i think next week's systems were was really when we got 
I think each of us got really into gaming, and that was where the foundation of who we are and what we like to play today really started. So next week's going to be interesting for sure. Um, speaking of next week, let me say something going forward that me and Max were talking about uh, the other day. We've decided that uh, I was asking him about how he felt about remasters and multiple games and the same series and things like that. Um, and I just thought we would mention this here. Um, I think we are going to d- go with the best game from one series. If there's multiple game, uh, if there if there's multiple games in one series on the same system, I think for the most part we're going to try to choose one game that we think is the best from that series, unless the but, games are but different Logan, enough. But Logan, you did Majora's. Yeah, Mask I know, and, and that's what I was going to say. Time I did do Majora's Mask, and I did do Ocarina of Time. But uh, we both agree that if they are vastly different enough, that we will. That, and we think it does war in a spot, then we can put them on there. But the example I brought up to him was like uh, Pokemon Yellow and Pokemon Silver. And for instance, Pokemon Yellow was in my honorable mentions, but Pokemon Silver was on my list. While they the games are different, they're also very similar in a lot of ways, and I figured it would be better to just choose one of them that I thought was the best and put it on the list. Um, also, in regards to remasters and remakes and HD remasters when we get to those in a couple weeks, we're only going to count the games that they were originally on the consoles that they were originally on, which is so like, don't expect us to talk about last of us remastered for PS4 or something like that. My whole PS4 list is screwed. Your PS4 list is done, buddy. Uh, Yeah. So games that are where they originally released is where we're going to count them. So I just figured we would drop that in there. In the same vein of that, though, if it's drastic enough, I think it counts because Ratchet and Clank is technically a remake. Yeah, but again, I know that was your example, but I'd say ninety nine point nine 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 percent of like, games are I like th- that. Or look at Wind Waker HD. I wouldn't count that. No, I would. The Swift Sale they redid the that's just, Triforce. That's quest. just one mechanic, and that's just one part of the game, though. I'd say keep that confined to. That, that's a major part of the game, and it's just one mechanic, though. The Swift Sale, like. They made sailing. So changes they made sailing now. faster. It did change like and the, time. I but. think using the gamepad to manage your inventory and the map. I think it is the better version. I'll just say try to keep it off your list if you can. You got three other. You got three other systems to work with there. You got the Vita. You, what for the Wii U? Yeah, you got the Vita. You got the 3DS. You got the Wii U, and you got the PS4. And you got the Xbox One. Yeah, but. When Nintendo's, I would out say, the cream tr- of the crop, I would say, I would say, you, try to. I really, I try to. Like, obviously, you know, I don't want to just fill my list with a bunch of games we talk about. Yeah, because I mean, spoil- Yeah, I mean, spoiler alert. Spoilers. Wind Waker is going to be on my yeah, list. Yeah, we'll talk about Wind Waker next week for sure. So I think it'd be nice to stay away from them if we can. Be nice to show. It'd be nice to show some love to some other games. That's all I'm saying. But I mean, I can't love any other games. Do what you want. Only the games I grew up with. uh, I keep buying every year because they keep getting remade. Yeah, that's a good starting. I I don't know how I feel about that trend. Let's wrap this show. Let's wrap up. So yeah, if you've got a favorite top ten list from. And 64 PS1, Dreamcast, and we neither of us had Dreamcast games, but we didn't own Dreamcast. What's a Dreamcast? Yeah, we didn't own that. But uh, if you've got a top 10 list of your own that you want to send us, you can email us at mgspodcast at gmail.com with your list. You can hit us up on Twitter. We are at The show is at mgspodcast. I am at moreman12. Max is at maxthewhite. Uh, you can hit us up with your own list there. We would really love to hear from you and hear what your favorite games are. It better be Ocarina of Time. 
Um, if you've played the game, unlike Max. Um, let me see what else what? we got. Yeah, next week's list, like we said, GameCube, Xbox, PS2, and Game Boy Advance. So start making your list for next week so you can compare and contrast with what we've got. I'm already crying on the inside of the Do you want to? Should we block. mention our E3 plans here? Do we really know? Um, we're not really. Sh- no, we're still trying to figure out what we're doing exactly for our E3 scheduling. If you want to know for sure, uh, we're going to record another episode right after this, uh, our E3 predictions episode. Go listen to the first five minutes of that. I guarantee you we discuss it, and we'll tell you what our schedule is for that coming up next week when E3 starts. So, Boom. Also, new thing we need to start doing. If you're watching on YouTube and you like this show, please like, share, and subscribe. We would appreciate it so much. we got to start mentioning that because I forget we're on YouTube. Also, new thing, we are on Facebook now. We have a Facebook page that you can go like, and we'll be yep. tweeting the show from there as well, putting the show up there. So we're now on Twitter at MGS Podcast. You can search for Millennial Gaming Speak on Facebook and find the fan page there. And YouTube, Millennial Gaming Speak. If you watch any of the episodes and you like this and you see us in Hey, what's up? Uh, please like, share, and subscribe. We would appreciate it so, so much. You have no idea how much we would appreciate it. But I would appreciate it very much. I think that's it for this week's episode. If you are watching live, I know it some is. people have been jumping in and out of here. We're probably going to be recording in like 20 minutes again. Uh, We've got to get a couple things more. Not even that. Yeah. Not well, even that I, long. It's going to be very quick. i got to pee. i got to make a sandwich. I'm hungry. And then I gotta jot oh, down goodness. a couple things. I bet it's close to eleven if you're still listening. So, but for episode forty-four, that's fair. Yeah, for episode forty-four, so forty-four, we're out. We're done for the week. Thank you so much for listening. We always appreciate it. If you listen to these entire long episodes that we put up that are over two hours, we appreciate it because we enjoy making this show, and we hope you enjoy listening to this show as much as we do making it. So we will see you back here next week. It's E3 week. We're so excited, and we hope you are too. Until then, have a good week. Have a good night. Have a good whatever time it is you're listening to this. We love you. Good night.